Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty, number 44. I'm Chris. I am Rich. I am the Iceman. In 44, I swear I got something on the tip of my tongue for this. I can't oh, think of it. I want to say it's basketball related. There's Dallas one. Clark. Dallas Clark. Hey, Rich is technically the first person to come up <laughs> with something that wasn't, I don't know. So, hey, you know Dallas oh, there we go. Reggie, Mr. October Jackson. And football the, 44, probably what, a lineman or something? Well, and to make it relevant, everybody was talking about should we change the NBA's uh, logo? That's Jerry West. He is also number 44. Why would we do that? What's what? Well, let me guess, because it's a white guy? <laughs> Basically, yeah, just because there's more iconic people to the game now than Jerry West. Well, Nike's got uh, the jump man on lock, so who else are they going to use? Who do you think? LeBron don't have no signature logo other than Nike. Just putting I mean, his palms in the air and looking up, I guess. Oh, that, the whole, yeah. Powder thing. Oh, can we, can't we file this under if it ain't broke, don't fix it? I'm with you there. A lot of people have said <laughs> the same thing. What's wrong with the current logo? It has a guy playing basketball. You're the National Basketball League. Da 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 da. Endo <laughs> but, 
Uh, we're in a society of tards now, anyway. So I'm. <laughs> so uh, what's what has happened since we last got together? It, baseball has started in earnest. Uh, the uh, NHL has finished up. Uh, for us, uh, Joe Lewis is gone. I'm in the I could give two shits club. You guys probably aren't. Um, I mean, where do we start? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess we can start with uh, Joe Lewis and the palace closing. Um, like the palace closed, closed? Yeah. yeah like last night. Was there, it. dude. Pistons went out with a thud. Lost to the Wizards by like four points. Yeah, they can't afford to keep that place open for 30, 40 concerts a year. They have, they have no team there at all. Where's the Pistons going to play? Uh, they're... At, wow. at the at the new uh, uh, Red Wings Arena. Where you been, Earl? That was announced a while ago. I'm in the middle of Kansas. All four. Well, you managed to keep up on the lines pretty well. But yeah, no, all four teams are going to be downtown now, literally within blocks of each other. And rumor so has it this is kind of with the like Pistons. A, they don't get a new stadium. Well, they, they yeah they do. They get the they're playing in a new stadium. They're sharing it with the Wings, and supposedly it's all a preemptive move for Goris. Because supposedly the chatter's been hot and heavy since Mr. Illich passed it. He's going to be the guy that ends up buying the wings, which flies in the face of everything we talked about when Mr. Illich died. So, Yeah, and it also pretty much is a contradiction to what Christopher Illich come out and said, which was uh, they ain't going nowhere, and neither is Ken Holland as the GM, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know, unless that's one of the, we have the utmost confidence in our coach. Yeah, but too, I mean, there's a there's a lot of chatter, though, too. If you remember, uh, before Goris bought the Pistons, the chatter was hot and heavy. Illich was going to pick them up. You know, I mean, they brought Tom Wilson into their organization. You know, it's then it just went away. Goris shows up, apparently had a bigger bag of money than Mr. Illich, and the rest is history. Well, it also, I mean, what what do the Pistons bring to the table? Not much. That's why they're playing in an arena that wasn't built specifically for them. I mean, they they can leave the, the palace with little to no fanfare. I mean, ticket prices were somewhere up to like 350 for final game at the Joe, and I think that the highest selling ticket for the palace was 60 bucks. Yeah. You know, what's that, what's that tell you? So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's and just the fanfare that the fanfare that Joe went out with definitely the palace didn't. Yeah, which I don't understand. I don't. It's got to be something about the city of Detroit because an arena in the suburbs that has only been occupied about what eight years longer than Joe Lewis Arena. Nobody gave a shit about. Got a, what was I reading the other day? Got a whole five minutes of local coverage, and then Joe Lewis people are acting like a family member's dying. So. Maybe it's something connected to, like, if it's in the actual city of Detroit. Well, I mean, this wasn't. This isn't the first time it's been this way, especially with the Red Wings moving. I mean, the 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 first game at the Joe after they uh, moved from the Olympia. Anytime the name of the place got mentioned, the fans booed. I mean, yeah, wasn't. Weren't there some people that were calling it the arena by the uh, by the river for a while because they refused to call it that? 
I mean, I all I know is that the, the fans weren't happy that the Olympia was shut down instead of renovated. So, I mean, if you're implying that there's a racial motive there because they didn't want, you know, they weren't going to say Joe Lewis Arena, I don't know. I was two. By the time by the time I knew what Joe Lewis Arena was, no one gave a shit about the race of Joe Lewis. So yeah. I, I I do find it hard to believe that there's that many people though. I think that's probably a little SJW rewrite, rewriting of history here. You know, anytime we can mm-hmm. throw shame out shame out at an entire group of people, we we seem to fucking get a tip drip and fill the inside of our fucking underwear mm-hmm. doing it. So I don't. Everyone got all butthurt over Tiger Stadium too. They got over it. Right. You know, I'm sure the people they're just as attached to to. Copa now, or whatever the fuck we're supposed to call it, as they were to Tiger Stadium. Uh, Rich, we got into this in the the group. It's it's just a building. Now I understand you can attach memories to this building, but I don't know, it 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 just seems silly. And it, to me, it's just the, the thing with the city of Detroit in general. Like there, there just seems to be this unhealthy attachment to crumbling old buildings in Detroit. Like people are waiting for some superhero to show up and magically restore everything at once. Like, man, how do you think progress happens? Old shit's got to go away. New shit shows up. Tiger Stadium. The building, man. Tiger Taking Stadium the building down there. ain't emptying your head of the memories. Tiger Stadium had been there in one form or another, though, for, I want to say, about 100 years by the time it was tore down in some form or another. I thought it, I thought it was dumb of Detroit to... Like you can tear down the stadium, but make the field like a city park. It, it's going to have a draw to it. You're going to get suburban people come down more so than they come down to fucking Belle Isle. You know it's still well. You know it's still there, right? The diamond well, is still yeah, there, and the and the lights are a couple of the lights are still there. But I'm just saying, take down the surrounding building, turn it into a into a fucking proper baseball diamond, and make it a city park. Yeah. I mean, they have it. They have a. They have an ice ring at Clark Park in Detroit. Why not have one? And you know, you can call it, you know, Tiger Park, whatever. Like I said, it's going to draw the people from the suburbs out. On top of that, it would be a nice park for. I mean, even if they shrunk it down, obviously to little leagues, you know, dimensions, it'd be a nice park to play in for you know little league team. And they're always talking about how in in Detroit, especially. You know, baseball is is a dying sport. And it's like, it really shouldn't be. Baseball is not that expensive to play. Football is way more expensive to play than baseball. And football is not hurting at all. So that just tells me that kids, I mean, if you drove through Detroit, you see a lot of baseball diamonds set up for kids to play in. I mean, if they're, if they're not there, if they don't have the opportunity, they're not going to play. You know, I think we've pretty much proven in the last 20 years that the one thing the NHL did tr- start trying to push to expand their fan base was into the urban community, which is uh, uh, polite, rich people speak for the black areas of the of cities. And there's, it's not, it's not even for me. It's not unusual to see a black player on an NHL team anymore. It's not like, oh shit, look, yeah, there's Grant. The days Fear. Of, Holy fuck, you know. I say the days of Aginla and Fear are over. Yeah. So I mean it's 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 slowly but but surely working it and I mean that's that's how you build a sport. Football didn't become the number one sport over pro football didn't become number one sport overnight. I mean it, it, it for a lot of years college football was spanking the shit out of pro football as far as popularity in this country. 
Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that the NFL pretty much rules the roost now. Well, not so much with all the bad publicity they're getting. And come on, Earl. Yeah, let's, but dude, hold on. Ratings we, versus ratings. Let's, let's, let's hold back from jumping into that, okay? Because, dude, what bad publicity? Whatever, fuck it, fine. All right. All right, well, I'm glad we forced our penis into this subject, but it shouldn't have been wearing that dress. Okay, so what bad publicity is going to is going to make people stop watching the NFL these days? Because they were crying the sky has fallen during the fucking election last year. Ratings went right back to where they were before the clusterfuck that was the 2016 presidential election. What's hurting them now? Well, whether they can celebrate or not, uh, whether people are going to stay retired or not, that ain't gonna hurt whether, shit, man. People whether are still gonna watch. Whether your team's gonna stay in your city or not. The Oakland fans will get over it. They'll become Niners fans. They got <laughs> over it when they moved to LA. They'll get over it now that they're moving to Vegas. And the Charger fans. Yeah, Earl. It's it's not going to hurt ratings. It's. I mean, we say baseball is America's pastime, but if you look at the ratings, it's really not anymore. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you too, I make time in my life 16, or sorry, 17 Sundays a year to watch the NFL. Baseball, I make time to watch opening day. If I'm not doing shit on a summer day, I'll flip the game on, and then I really honestly don't pay attention until August. I mean, you're, you don't have people that camp out in front of the TV for all 162 games. Hell, you probably have diehard Tiger fans who don't make sure they camp out for every televised game. Well, I'm sure you have people that do, but football, it's much easier because it's once a week. And two, Earl, you don't play fantasy football. Fantasy sports started with fantasy baseball and leaked over into the other sports as, as time went on. But fantasy football, football is really set up perfect to run a fantasy league because it's six days of buildup and one day of actually doing of, of sitting down and watching the game. If you're trying to do fantasy baseball, hockey, basketball, I mean, you can, it's not, you you don't update for every game on your roster unless you're obsessed with it. I mean, even casual fans of football, I've noticed have taken up fantasy football and they watch everything. They get, they go out and they get red zone. They pay for red zone. You know, I, I mean, I think I'm talking more like, the difference between pro football and college football. I think college football still has a better rating than pro football. No. In your part of the country, maybe, but you think anyone's watching Boston College over the Patriots? You think anyone's watching Wisconsin over over Green Bay? I, I think a lot of people's watching Michigan and Michigan State over the Lions. I don't. Wow. Yeah, I don't either. If you combine them two fan bases, maybe. But then again, usually if you're a fan of Michigan or state football, you're a football fan, so you're going to watch the Lions as well. I rarely, yeah, but I, I, I rarely see I rarely see people get upset for missing the Lions on Sunday. But they have time, as, as Chris says, to camp out and watch their college. And then if they wake up in time with, you know, get over the hangover in time, they'll catch the Lions. If not, well, that's yeah. what, it is, what it is. Well, then, then we're not talking about football fans. Because I think f- football fans, I mean, can you honestly tell me a college fan who's not going to make it out of bed to watch a pro game on Sunday? Come on, Earl. 
I mean, if you get to the fall, uh-huh. football's a weekend event for a lot of people. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it's just more sky is falling shit, and it just to me it doesn't make any sense to to for all the hand wringing. I, I I don't see it, dude. I don't see the fucking the, the numbers that are backing that up. Yeah, I mean, you can people as little as you can look at the no, numbers. You can look at the numbers for that by by teams that have a or cities that have a team and see the drop offs and the pickup. All right. Obviously, the teams that are doing better are going to have a better viewership than teams that are sucking. But there's not a there's not been a drop off in ratings for the NFL, even half as much as there's been for the NHL. And if and if and I understand that the, you know the NFL gets into more homes than and the NHL does, but if they lost the same percentage of viewership, the NFL would be shitting bricks right now. They'd be doing whatever they could to get people to come back to it. I mean, to me, right. that's when that's when I'm worried about it. The casual dropping dropping a hundred thousand NFL fans per season ain't shit. Dropping a hundred thousand NHL fans per season, that's a small market team's fan base, man. I mean, seriously, I, aren't we not even two years removed too from all this concussion stuff coming out? I remember hearing people talking about the NFL as we know it in ten years will not exist. I wanted to be. Are you high? Are you like? I remember hearing that stuff just being like somebody, whoever's saying this doesn't watch sports is not a sports fan. Like that stuff baffled me. It's just, I don't know, man. NFL is king. It's, I just, I, think it's, I, it's, I, I just, I have a different opinion. That's all. Cause I could have swore to you back in 97 when the wings won the cup that that sport was the shit. Yeah. That you was know. before all the rule changes. That was before the salary cap. Okay. And now here we sit in 2017 talking about the NHL is about to be no more and we need to find a pickup league and, and make that, you know, the next best thing. So I'm telling you, with the way that they're fucking around with the NFL, rule changes and just the with dumb what? shit. Examples other than dumb shit. No, it's all dumb, dude. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They're dumbing down the game. And it's getting to a point where you're, you know, not your hardcore football fans, not even your avid football fans, but defense football fans and below are kind of like, uh, it's not even worth it anymore. I watch, I look at the box score. I don't care. And they don't pay attention till the playoffs come up. It, uh, it's no ever- longer, it's no longer come over. Let's get the grill going. Let's, you know, turn the game on and rally, you know, and have it a big thing. It's, it's not that anymore. I mean, here and there, I don't, I don't don't understand where you're coming from. It's not that for you, but it's that for plenty of people. I see every football season, every Sunday on Facebook, every Sunday I have friends are posting pictures of them grilling something or the food they made or the people they're having over. And these aren't, these aren't like marquee games. It's not like a Monday night or a Sunday night football for the lions. This is just football Sundays, dude. I mean, I, that's right, I don't but see. See, football at that point is the afterthought. It's there because it's on. They're not there for the game anymore. They're there to hang out with friends, have a beer, have some grill. You know. Okay. Okay. So you say because people don't get together and watch football, football's dying. Then when I point out that there's still people, plenty of people I know personally that do get together and watch football, and and do stuff, you say, well, it's dying because they're not there for the football. They're there for the fucking hangout. Okay, so whatever. Fuck it. Die football. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm just, I don't care. Anyway, I'll, 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 hey, what, 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 the Argonauts? There's my new fucking team. There we go. We can stop talking about the NFL on the show. It's dead. <laughs> Ice Man, Ice Man called it. 
No, Rich, no, I'm just saying. It, it's it's. It, Bro, you're being you argumentative. Take, be argumentative at this point, dude. Because you made you made a point. I fucking was like, okay, here is a weakness in your point, and then you completely flipped your point over to fucking say, well, either way, it's it's bullshit. I, okay, I so it's a no win situation. I understand that's how you see it, Rich. All I'm saying is, if you take your lead from NHL and other sports, the NFL thinks that they're untouchable because they got all this fan base. Well, you're fucking it up, just like the other sports did. Is Rich and I are going, where's your proof? Because the ratings are fine. Hold on, let's be honest. Uh, What what sports are going to take them over? What sport is challenging the NFL for the number one spot? Because for the NFL to lose... Go ahead. I have no ball to tell you what sport's going to take NFL over. It'll probably always be around just like hockey will. But I'm telling you, the popularity is coming down. The NBA popularity is coming down. Major League Baseball, popularity coming down. The, the, the sports world is coming down because of the rules and the bullshit, not on the court, not on the field, but uh, from higher up, is just making it not worth watching. It's like, okay, just tell me who won, who's going to the playoffs, I'll, I'll pay attention at that point. It's not the big hoopla it was. It, it's just not, bro. I feel cool for your friends that, that have the game on and, and barbecue, that's awesome. But it used to be a huge deal. A lot of the what, sports did. What do you got to back up your point other than your opinion, I guess is what me and Rich are asking. Because Rich said it. At NFL, last year the sky was falling. Oh, election ended. Everything's back to normal. They're keeping their fans or retaining their fans. I think the, they said a, I think it was two or three years ago, they said a record for revenue that they've made. I, what's, what's, what's your basis for this? Other than they're changing, you know, they're, they're, Proposing rule changes that you think suck. It's my opinion. That's it. That's all I got for you. I, I got no hardcore facts, Your Honor. I, I didn't come with my case prepared. <laughs> I just I see what the NFL is doing with stupid shit and rules and how they're going to muck up the game. And I just see it taking the exact same path as the other sports have. And I don't think the viewership is going to, you know, stay as it has been. And, uh, well, here, for example, one of my friends went to Kauffman Stadium to watch the Kansas City Royals play, opening day. He posted a picture of a cheeseburger, a small French fry, and a Coke. And he tags it, hey, it was only $25. How are you going to get attendance if you're charging that much for a, a, a burger, fries, and a drink? Uh, they manage, don't they? But but that's just it. They keep and thinking. Oh, that shit ain't new. We're gonna that sell it. They will come. That those days are are fastly growing slimmer. I could hey. be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. But I could be. Dude, there's over two and a half million people went through the gates of Comerica Park, Comerica Park last year. They're gonna be all right. And high prices sport events. You know, high prices for concessions and shit ain't nothing new. You know, you act like this just started. Trust me, it's man. Not, the, it, it's, and, and I guess it, Rich and I are a hard sell, too, because we live in a city where the football team was 0-16 and still selling out games. That's because of the Fords, though. That had nothing to do with the people. What are you talking about that's because of the Fords? Fords buy the tickets that aren't sold so that it can be broadcast. No, dude. They stopped doing that fucking a quarter of the way into that season, dude. About half that season, I'll give you credit for it. It was either Art Van or, <coughs> or Ford. 
or some other local business that, that has a wanted to get their name out there and they were less than 2,000 tickets away from a blackout. But that there is no blackout rules anymore like that. And these tickets are still selling. I mean, that's it, what, whatever, dude. You can't. I, okay, state your opinion and then we move on. Because there's, there's, no, there's nothing to discuss because you have no point to back up your opinion. What are we discussing here? We're discussing okay. whether your opinion's wrong or not. So I, I, I don't. I, what's the point of this conversation at this point? You just you feel this way. Good. I don't know what to tell you, dude. The facts don't hold with your feelings. I just hope the facts don't start backing my feelings up. Because with the product that we're getting from sports, combined with the price that people are paying for the sport, I, I just I don't see it maintaining. As long as there are dicks and testosterone, sports will exist. Because we don't have gladi- you know, we don't have gladiators anymore. We don't have fucking, you know, we don't gather everybody in the stadium and you know throw the Christians to the lions. As long as there are males in this country, professional sports ain't going anywhere. As long as there are guys in unhappy marriages that want three hours of peace to themselves on Sunday, <laughs> sports will exist. Like the the only league that I see in trouble personally. And we beat it to death on this show because it deserves to have it beat to death. Is the NHL? The NHL is going to fucking micromanage themselves right out of business, or at least they're going to micromanage themselves into having a new competitor that may do better than them. You know, basketball ain't go. You know, ba- basketball ain't going anywhere. Football ain't going anywhere. Baseball ain't going anywhere. And you could argue as long as there's hockey, hockey's not going anywhere. It just it. It may shift because Batman is doing his part to drive that bitch into the ground. Well, hockey also has, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, except for the NBA and what Toronto and uh, and Vancouver. Uh, you know, that's the only other league that is has teams outside of the country. And of the mm-hmm. uh, uh, sixteen teams that, that made the playoffs this year, five of them are Canadian teams, and the two hottest players in the in the playoffs as far as fan interest and and up and coming and all that shit is uh, Connor McDavid he's on the Oilers and uh uh Austin Matthews on uh Toronto and but i mean here's the irony you end up with a with a Toronto Edmonton Stanley Cup final. That's that's rating suicide in the U.S. I mean that that's the irony of this here, you know. So you can have two of your best up and coming players in the finals, and you're going to get less viewership than if you have an American team in the finals. I mean, because you there's people are going to watch the games no matter what, and there's people that are only going to watch as long as their teams are in it. And I would dare say that. that there's a higher percentage of people in Canada who will watch hockey just because it's still it's hockey and it's on than there are in America. Just like there's it's a higher percentage of people that will watch the NFL just because it's football, even if their team's not in it or playing here in the U.S. than there is in Canada. Yeah, I'll give you that. It seems like yeah, it seems like the NHL and NFL would be inter, you know it seems to be you know football's our thing, hockey's Canada's thing. You know, Canadian ratings would love a Toronto fucking. Montreal, uh, you know, conference final. American, eh, not so much. I too, and that's that's an original sixer too, but that's another conversation. 
Man, I'll tell you what, I'm looking at this playoff bracket you sent us. I don't mm-hmm. recognize like three or four of these logos. <laughs> all right, the one is Columbus. Let's see. Uh, oh, all right, Nashville. There's one more logo. Oh, that's Minnesota. Oh, that's the Wilds logo now? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> but, yeah. It, it, it's also weird to not see Detroit in this bracket. You know, when you've seen it for the last quarter century, you get used to it. Well, it's very strange listening to postseason <laughs> reports about the Red Wings, even if they got bounced in the first round. You know, and he, if he, <clears throat> for people that don't live in Detroit, the mention of them having a playoff streak was like in passing before the playoffs started. It was never like, oh, they've made it. Okay, it's 22 years this year. It's 23 years this year. It was just, yep, the Red Wings are in again. And even if they got bounced out of the first round, the talk wasn't until the last couple of years of, is the streak in danger? The talk was, you know, are you going to, what do you need to do to go deeper into the playoffs next year? So it's weird hearing, you know, what they're planning on doing in the offseason and who they're trying, you know, who they would like to target as far as free agents. And there's not even been one game of playoff hockey played. You know, it's 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 just it's kind of surreal for the first time in a long time. It's that way here in Detroit. Yeah, we were used to hockey till at least May around here. Pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah, quiet April Kansas, in the D this year. Hey, out here in Kansas, they don't they don't really no not hockey. Just the local team. That's it. What were you telling us last show that the. Uh, the minor league hockey team fucking sold that bitch out. Weren't you? I believe you yeah. were the one saying last show that if they put an NHL team around you, it would fucking Dude, kill. It would explode. And now you're and now you're telling me eh, we're we're not so hot on hockey around here. They're not. There's nobody around here that they can follow. Who's by Kansas that they can follow? The Avalanche. Even Blues? in Kansas, they hate the Avalanche. You're that far from St. Louis. No, we really are, dude. We are very, very, very far from St. Louis. You are closer to St. Louis than we are. Uh, you got a map. That is I, that is wrong. <laughs> I do have a map. That's not wrong. I am dude. at the southern part of Kansas, boss. Okay, Kansas still touches Missouri. We're not going to get into geography bait on this. <laughs> Kansas bone touches Missouri. Missouri bone, touches St. Louis, but I got it. All right, so yeah, what else? What else? I mean, from what I've been reading, what is it? Uh, the the Capitals are the odds-on favorites this year, right? Well, they're the they're the President's Trophy winner, but that really doesn't mean a whole lot. There's plenty of teams that win the President's Trophy and don't win the Cup. Um, but I mean, they do have solid goaltending, and I mean, they got Ovechkin. <laughs> Yeah, let's you know, Toronto. It's like, eh, it's nice that you guys made the playoffs, but you were the last team to make the playoffs, and don't really expect them to make it out of the first round. And two, and I mean, and I mean this wholeheartedly because if you look up their title drought, probably call them Maple Leafs, the Lions of hockey. <laughs> They've been around a long time. They're one of the original six. They haven't won a title since what? It, was it? The, I, I want to say the 30s. 
No, it's 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 sooner than that. I, I, I want to say either fifties or sixties. Okay, so that 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 adds to my Lions parallel. Yeah, and then when they make the playoffs, at least in my lifetime, it's always been eh. It, it's been exactly the attitude that you just had. You know, even when I was little, and they they stumbled into the playoffs with Pot Van, they didn't go far. It is. It has been forty years this year since they won a, a cup. Yeah, which I think puts them probably in the top five of longest droughts. I know Detroit was at forty-two, and I want to say that Chicago was. I want to say Chicago was even longer than that. Um, couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but yeah, I mean it's 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 been a while, and it. I mean it's it's the Leafs. They will go nuts if they win. I mean that's. All there is to it, you know, but I just don't think it, it, they're a young team. It's the first time in the playoffs under Babcock. I mean, he's pulled miracles out before, but to be honest with you, I, I don't know how that team responds to him. Babcock's a tough coach to play for. He's He doesn't, doesn't leave a lot of people that are happy in his wake, you know, for whatever reason. So I don't know if that team is... He's maybe changed his his way of coaching since he was in Detroit, or if that team responds to it better. But I mean, still, I just think they're too young to get past the Capitals. Capitals got a whole lot more experience. Yeah, but speaking of St. Louis, the Blues need to get get a title every now and again, don't they? I mean, don't they? They've never had one, so that's what I mean. Don't they? I, yeah, I guess it'd be nice for their fans. I mean, I know that I know a few St. Louis fans that are, you know, the minute the Blues are in the playoffs, they talk shit like they just won the Stanley Cup. And I'm like, uh, you realize you got to win a few games before you can even get to the second round, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're talking shit like they just fucking, you know, swept, you know, the Stanley Cup finals and shit, and you're playing in a parade. Don't put the cart before the horse, or, you know. It, it's not going to work for you. Yeah, I mean, Chris, Rich, you, just I so you, you know, just so you know, we are an hour closer to St. Louis than you are. Okay, so yeah, you're you're <laughs> now closer. that's something you know. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I mean, the blues are the blues are playing the wild. I mean, that's I don't know. I I didn't get the bracket out, so we didn't have a chance to fill it out before. Uh, we came on air, but I mean, you know, the, the matchup is Chicago versus the Predators, uh, uh, Wild versus the Blues, Ducks versus the Flames, Oilers versus the Sharks. That's your Western Conference. You got the Canadians and the, and the Rangers, Senators and the Bruins, Capitals and the Leafs, and Penguins and the um, Blue Jackets. So... Uh, if I'm picking that, I'll go in reverse order. I'd take Pittsburgh over the Blue Jackets. I think well, Blue are we Jackets pick are, it, are we going to pick it here, or are we going to pick it on our bracket? I mean, we might as, well, might as well pick it here, dude, unless you got one that, that we can fill out. I haven't found one that we can fill out. Uh-uh. Oh, if you create an account, which I just did, you can go through and fill it out. But, yeah, all you're doing is touching and... Because I'm actually picking my bracket right now, and I learned a lesson from the NCAA tournament. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Rich. I got, oh, God damn it. 
I got Chicago and the Anaheim coming out of the first round. Then uh, I got them playing each other in the finals. I got I got Chicago going to the Cup. I got Montreal and Ottawa. You there? Did we drop them? I don't know. He might have muted. <laughs> Hello? You can hear us. We can't hear you. Hello? Yeah, there. Now I All can right. hear you. There he is. Yeah. What's the last thing you heard? You have... Uh, I think you were about to say you have Montreal and Ottawa meeting in the semifinals. Yeah, and then I got Montreal and the Capitals in the conference finals, and I got I got I got Chicago and Montreal against each other for the final. Like I said, I know ooh two one seats, risky picks, but look at look at the records, man. I mean Montreal was the team all year, and you could argue that Julian move was a pretty good one for them. It was also, and it kind of worked out for Boston, too. But, uh, shit, man. As far as the finals, man, I don't know. I mean, my gut's telling me Chicago takes it all just because they got experience. They've been there. They have relatively still some same moving parts from the team that won the cup a few years ago. So, I guess I'm going with the Blackhawks on this one. Well, my thoughts are that coming out of the East, the the matchup I most want to see would be a second-round matchup between the Capitals and the Penguins because that's just become kind of like a, you know, well, no, it's not kind of. It's become a, a straight-up good rivalry, but it's, it, it's, I guess it's like Detroit-Edmonton of the 80s where, you know, Detroit never won a cup and Edmonton just, you know, did what Edmonton did at that period of time. And, you know, basically the Capitals playing the role of Detroit and the Penguins playing the role of uh, Edmonton. And, uh, you know, I think we all know I'm not a big fan of Miss Crosby. But I I, I don't know. I, I'm i going to give it to the Capitals over the Leafs, obviously. Penguins over the over the Blue Jackets. Out of that, I'll take I'll take the Capitals over the Penguins. Out of Ottawa and Boston, I'll take Boston. I'll take Montreal over New York. So out of Montreal and Boston, I'll take Montreal. So that gives me the Capitals and Montreal for the Cup, for the Eastern Final, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, see, this one's a little bit rough for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the Capitals. So I got them going to the Cup out of the East. Uh, I hate to say it, Sharks over the Oilers. I think Sharks have the experience. The Oilers are a very young team. Uh, I'll take the Ducks over the uh, Flames. Uh, I can do Blues over the Wild, Chicago over Nashville. Yeah, give me Chicago over the Minnesota. I'll take the Sharks over the Ducks. And then for the finals, let's see, Chicago or San, or, or San Jose. Uh and I got to say in Chicago. So I got a Chicago-Washington finals. And at that point, I'm literally flipping a coin because I couldn't tell you. Maybe Alex finally gets his first cup. Well, I mean, going to hate me because I already did mine, and I got Pittsburgh winning the cup. <laughs> I mean, it's, dude, they are one of the favorites to win. I mean, that's that's like... That's not a controversial statement by any means. It's not like you're picking the Leafs to go all the way. <laughs> the Flames. 
I think I went basically. I think I went basically the same way you did, Rich. I went Chicago over Nashville. I actually picked St. Louis over Minnesota. I just want to see him win a series. Uh, Anaheim over Calgary, Edmonton over San Jose, and then on the Eastern, I went uh, Montreal over New York, uh, Boston over the Ottawa, Washington over Toronto, Pittsburgh over the Blue Jackets, and then going into semifinals, I have Montreal over uh, Boston, and the Penguins over the Capitals, and on the Western, I have the Blackhawks over the Blues, and Anaheim over the Oilers. That leaves me Chicago and Anaheim, and I had Chicago and Montreal and Penguins, so I picked the Penguins, and then I put the Penguins over Chicago. Well, here's what here's 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 something that to me is of interest of what's going on in the first round. New York, the Rangers have Lundqvist in goal. He can steal you a series. I mean, it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say that. They could make it out of the first round. I don't think I don't think the odds are in their favor, but it's it's possible. Um, now the other interesting thing about the East is let's say the Capitals go all the way and win the cup. All right, so basically if they go all the way and win the cup, that gives them next season, and then it'd be the season that the players who who have been told they can't play in the in the Olympics have to make up their mind whether they're going to violate what the NFL to, or the NHL told them to do, or they're going to go play for their country. That's where it could get interesting, especially if the KHL says, yeah, you know what? If you want to go play for your country and the NHL bans you, suspends you, expels you from the league, whatever, you can come sign with us. Povechkin's got a cup, and he's made his money that he's going to make here, and he's going to go make equal or damn close to it over in the KHL. (laughs) Why the fuck wouldn't he jump ship? Why would he stay in the NHL? Just going by the statement when he found out that they said that 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 Bettman had come to the decision that the players weren't going to play in the Olympics, where he was just said, "They say I don't go, I go." That's pretty defiant. I mean, that's and that's pretty self-explanatory. He didn't leave much room for for, for wiggle room there. So, I mean, that could be an interesting fallout from a, from a Capitals uh, Cup win. And then, yeah, I think I think the real wild card in this whole thing on the in the West Coast is San, uh, or San Jose. I don't know. They got it. They have a good defensive core. <laughs> they're always sniffing around. Seems like they're almost constantly in the playoffs over the last ten years. I and I, I don't know. It, it's just it, something sticking in my craw about them. I think I think that they could uh, ruin a few people's seasons before it's over with. Yeah, that's a that's another move I don't understand as far as with the Olympics and the NHL. I mean, because if anything, you could argue it raises your profile as far as your league. It showcases your players. How many basketball fans you think came out of the Summer Olympics when we had the Dream Team? Bet you there's a lot more people watching the NBA after that. And hell, I'll even argue. Uh, what was it? Uh, Two thousand. Uh, 10, where what, you had USA and Canada for the gold medal? I bet you you had a few uh, hockey fans that came out of that. Well, I mean, all you have to do to look at the proof that having having people from the, the NHL and the NBA play in the Olympics boost your fucking visibility worldwide is look at how many international players are in the NBA now versus before the 92 Dream Team. That's a whole, we are now at a point where a whole generation of players 
have grown up and 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 saw that when they were little kids and wanted to emulate it in their country and are now breaking into the NBA. I mean, even more so than there's always been an influx of of you know European players in the NBA, but I mean, it's it's just. It's more so than that, and it's more diverse than just European players. I mean, you you have players of Asian descent now playing in the in the NBA, and that was that was <laughs> that was on par with like you know sixty years ago seeing a black dude on the ice. It's like whoa, he sticks out like a sore thumb. So I don't know. And for all the rigmarole that happened over it, it seems like all the all the noise has died down in a week, <clears throat> as far as. You know, players and what's going to happen with the uh, NHL players who want to go play for their t- their their country during the Olympics. You know, there was a couple days of some pretty you know interesting articles and and heated back and forth, and then now it's just it's on the back burner. So I'm th- I'm I'm starting to wonder if it's just one of those things that the NHL released this information right before the playoffs started. They knew there'd be a little bit of a flare up. There was. Now the playoffs are starting. And this is something we're talking about that's going to happen two years down the road. Or, two, excuse me, two seasons down the road. So, right. I, but you know what, though? I love that they did that right after the women started bitching about equal pay for the Olympics. That's hilarious. It's like, all right, you want equal pay? Well, you got equal pay, but you know what? We're not letting our men compete in the Olympics. And now, how do you like that? <laughs> well, that's something I, I was bringing up to people who. You know, whether it be online or I'm talking to in person about it, <clears throat> they had these delusions that if the women's hockey team, the U.S. women's hockey team, was to be paid, that they were going to make as money, as much money in in equal paychecks to the men's players. They're not. They're not. Okay, the men's players get the the lion's share of their paychecks from the teams that drafted them. There's just not that many leagues for females to play in to where they can be drafted and put into a minor league system because there's not enough demand for it. There just isn't one, all right? And so all these people who thought these women were going to be making millions of dollars you know, over the next couple of years, no, what they're going to do is they're going to say, what's the least we can pay these women to shut them up? And then they're going to set that as the bar for everybody to earn. If they take the pro players out of it, now the male players are going to be making the exact same as the female players, which I guess is fair, but what the female players didn't realize is that they're not raising salaries by their little temper tantrum. They're actually dragging salaries down to what they're getting paid. Because what's going to be said is we have to be equal across the board, don't we? I mean, I know it. And we're not. Because look at the draw. I didn't even know there was an NWHL till you told me about it. I, I mean, so that should tell you something. You well, think the, the biggest p- player in the, the p- WNBAs make as much as King James? Fuck no. Because you ain't generating as much revenue. <clears throat> they shouldn't either. But the, the, the bitch of their bitch was this is not about capitalism, the free market, anything. This is about your team and your government funding a team to, to send to the Olympics. So don't you want the best team possible? Well, of course you want the best team possible. Do you, but do you, really, do you really think the United States puts as much money into women's curling as they do women's gymnastics? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Okay? Let's just fucking be honest here. And that's where I said, I don't care that you say it's not about profits because these are quote-unquote nonprofit organizations. Someone's collecting money at the gates. Someone knows how much these sports are bringing in. 
and they're being given the attention by the countries that have these teams based on how they draw and whether they think they can compete for a gold medal. Because I guarantee you, a country that has a, no shot at a gold medal in, in, in female gymnastics still puts more money into their female gymnastics team than they would a woman's uh, uh, hockey or curling team. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But, you know, hey, everybody got their way. We're going to pay everybody evenly, but we're going to drag everyone down to the lowest pay rate we can get away with paying people. And so congratulations, because people want to throw a shit fit and turn something that was about money and fan base into some social issue. You're going to see the fallout of it coming for the next couple Olympics. And ultimately what's going to happen is it's going to eventually people are going to start bitching and complaining that, oh, it's, it's once again, it's, it's misogyny or it's whatever. And it's not, it's just women's sports aren't that popular. Women's tennis is popular. Women's gyms, gymnastics is popular. Women's figure skating is popular. I don't see any group standing up and pissing themselves and throwing a shit fit temper tantrum because the men's version of these sports don't get the, the, the focus and the attention and the funding that the women's do. Because they know they can't outdraw them. Women's soccer in the U.S. has outdrawn men's soccer for two decades now, right? It, it's, 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 it is what it is, man. But we, we all know. We talked about it last week till we were all blue in the face. This isn't, about, <clears throat> this isn't about doing what's right. This isn't about doing what's pragmatic. This is about placating people who are upset. And the, and the real bitch of it is, is it's a tried and true trope on this show, but it's true. Most of the people that were bitching the loudest never even watch a fucking hockey game, let alone a female hockey game. They were just bitching because they saw the hashtag on Twitter, and that's it. Yeah, and I heard a quote on a podcast the other day, and I'm sure I'm going to murder it, but I think it was something like, buying a new mirror doesn't change the reflection. So it's something to that effect, and it's, you know, yeah, oh, great. We're all equal now. Great. Well, you're going to give that memo to the fans because it ain't going to fill your stands. It's not going to get you a national TV contract. It ain't going to give you fucking ratings out of nowhere. Right. And see, that that leads me back to my point that I was trying to make with the NFL and everything else. When is uh, the women going to start bitching that the professional football players and basketball players and every all these professions are making millions of dollars and they're not? Because it's based on the revenue they generate. Uh, understandable, and I totally agree with you, but in today's society, Chris, you can't get that through to somebody who's equal. Equal. I mean, you got to pay equal. Hey, trust me, I get you, Earl. But I mean, remember in the 90s when the, the crazy million dollar, millions of dollars contracts started? What would all the agents tell us? These things are based on the amount of revenue this person is going to help generate for the team. That's the that's excuse the agents give. The agents give, but it's true. Well, you know what'll happen. You know, what'll, what'll happen at the is. end of the day, it's it's all a business. You got to have stuff left over at the end of the, every month, or you aren't operating as a business. Then you and turn the into coyotes. I agree with you. The problem is, I totally agree with you. But you're going to get these women and everybody else saying equal, equal, and that's. I mean, okay, I, Earl, you said it three times. You're not saying anything new. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Okay. The Detroit shock is going to fucking happen. In 11 years, they won three championships in this fucking city. And one year after they won their last championship, they moved them to fucking Tulsa. 
because they couldn't this 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 city couldn't and, support that fucking team and that team had won three championships in 11 years that's what's going and to no happen. one shows up to, and no one shows up to replace him either ultimately to, all that all that all that equal shit when the owner starts running in the fucking red instead of running in the black that shit goes out the window they'll they'll fucking cut the head off the fucking animal and kill it and relocate the the fucking team like they did with the shock. Oh, and by the way, the shock is relocated again to Dallas as, as of 2016. They've relocated twice in less than 10 years, and then 11 years won three championships, and they couldn't even stay in that city. That's what's going to happen. These these leagues are not. They don't have the fan base that they would like. All right. Don't know how to get it. I don't know how to get it. I'm sorry. I don't. They've been trying the WNBA for what? Almost 20 years now. I mean, is it tearing up the? Is it tearing up the fucking the, the ratings? No. I mean, it's, it, dude, it's do it. They do nothing. They do, they do less than fucking reruns of classic games on ESPN. Now that's a fact. That's fucked up because that's a fact. So I mean, that's just what's gonna happen. And then the fans of these, the fans, because the Detroit Shock did have fans. I know. I knew a few. And when they moved, they were all butthurt and they were all upset. And I was like, well, that's, you have to understand. You're basically rooting for the equivalent of a double A baseball team. All right. It's all you're doing. You're not rooting for the big league club. Yeah. The Detroit Shock won more championships in the span of years than the Pistons did. And guess what? They probably didn't make one quarter of the money the Pistons did in that period of time. It's just not the fan base. It's not there. And believe me, businessmen won't give a fuck about people crying about equality once they start losing money. Because then they'll just they'll pack up their team and they'll go someplace that's going to pay them to go there. And then when they fucking drain that fucking city of all the money they can, they'll do what the Shock did for the second time. And they'll leave. when they left Tulsa and they went to Dallas. And... Mark my words, probably within eh, seven years, if the team isn't completely shut down, they'll end up moving again. Yeah, I mean, so much of life comes down to a math problem. This is one of those situations. If you're a business, there's no money left over after every four weeks. You cease to become a business, plain and simple. Now, now I'm waiting, though. I'm sure it's been there, and I just haven't seen it. I'm waiting for the... I'll, all of the, I'm using air quotes here. It's good enough an audio medium. The outrage of, yeah, have Detroit and Tulsa been dubbed as misogynist cities for not supporting the WNBA? Is everyone who doesn't go to an NBA game a misogynist and perpetuating the patriarchal society because watching average basketball isn't our thing? I'm sure there's people out there to say that, dude. I mean, if you, if if you really average get, if hockey. You want- well, if you want to get offended, the NHL. if you want to get offended, you can look you can you can look hard enough, and you'll finally find something to get offended about. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure if you go on some sort of subreddit or Tumblr page, that there's a group of hardcore WNBA fans slash misandrists slash whatever the fuck they call themselves, you know. And they're oh, this is because men wouldn't support a woman's team and blah blah blah. It, well, where are the women? You know, women make up fifty-one percent of the population of this world. Where are the women? Why do why do why do male sports fans have to go out and support your fucking team? I mean, I'm, I, you know, aren't you a strong? Aren't you a bunch of strong, independent women? You don't need no man. Well, how about this? How about you? About every every male CEO who's put money into the WNBA 
pulls out, and we'll, we'll, we'll let the women fucking fund the WNBA and see how much farther they get. Because anyone that complains, oh, it's oh, men won't go see a, 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 woman's ga- a woman's game, I don't know what to tell you. Be, be, raise your level of play. I know plenty of guys that watch women's tennis. I know plenty of guys that watch women's gymnastics. What's the reason for that? Because if it's if uh, they don't it's watch women, watch. Well, if they don't watch women because they're women, but these same guys will watch women's tennis, women's gymnastics, women's soccer. Well, they're watching it because they're 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 not women. No, that's your line of logic saying. Well, why don't they watch the rest of these sports? Let's be honest. There's there's nothing on those days. If we're, no, wait. <laughs> oh, we're we're getting to that time of year. We're yeah. Get what? Three more months. Women's tennis will be the only thing on for a few days. But no, no, oh, no. You're it's, getting to that time of year. You're about to hit the NFL draft, and I said three months, Earl. I'm talking about. We all know the week we're talking about. All Star Week. Where there are fucking tumbleweeds blowing through the sports world, except for Wimbledon. But everything you mentioned, Rich, compelling to watch. You know, they 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 always add. You know, they make sure with women's gymnastics, they always you know taking a cue from reality TV. They're always throwing those extra stories in there. You know, yeah. But I think that too that comes with Olympic stuff. The women's tennis. Uh, you could argue the women the the Williams sisters have made it actually compelling to watch. For about the last two decades. Yeah, the Williams sisters are to tennis what Tiger Woods was to golf. Even if you didn't like golf or knew anything about what a birdie or an eagle or anything else was, you were like, the hell is everybody so on about this black guy playing golf about? You, you watched it at least once to see what he was doing. You know, and I'm sorry, and the just from what I've seen, the best WNBA player is just an average NBA player. It's just watching them. There ain't nothing special. You know, it, it's old women's sports trope, but I mean, it, the fundamentals are there. They're, they're, it, I guess the thing, good basketball is not exciting basketball, I guess is my point. Good anything is not better than exciting anything. Okay, but uh, further to my point, when... The Pistons were winning with their brand of basketball in the 2000s. The rest of the NBA called it boring basketball. And when the Pistons would play in conference finals or would play in NBA finals, the only reason the NBA finals got the reason that it did when they played the Lakers was because they were playing the Lakers. And when it became painfully clear the Lakers had fucking fell apart and the wheels had come off, the national ratings went down on those games, right? And then the next year when they were playing San Antonio, San Antonio's not a major market team. Detroit's not considered a major market team. And, the, and ratings were nowhere near what they were the year before when they played the, the Lakers. Okay, so it, well, what is it? Is it because people are biased about Detroit and San Antonio? No. It's because pe- people want to see name brand teams and name brand players in the finals who are casual fans. And the playoffs is what is where you bring in the casual fans, the people who do barely pay attention to the regular season, right? And when you get teams like the Pistons, or like I was saying, if you get an all-Canadian Cup final, you know, yeah, that's good for the teams. That, it's good for Canada, and that's good for the fucking 
the, the fans of those teams in their respective cities. But Canada's got 37 million people there, right? We got 370. A little bit of a little bit, a little bit of a difference, okay? Wow, really? Holy shit! We have 10 times as many people as they do. Seems they have 10 times more fucking land than us. There's a whole lot of open area in Canada, dude. Seriously. I guess so. But yeah, I mean, it's. Look, people people who want to put a spin on it are going to put a spin on it, all right? And people who want to be upset about the spin that's being put on it, they're going to be right there just to get all outraged themselves. And then ultimately the rest of people who are like, I just don't give a fuck because it's not exciting. Uh, it's not an exciting brand of basketball, hockey, tennis, whatever the fuck, so I'm not going to watch it. They're going to continue not watching it and not give a single fuck about these people with their fucking agendas they're trying to push because they don't care. They're not watching. To, they're not watching to to prove agendas right or wrong. They're watching because they want to be entertained. You're not entertaining. I don't know what to tell you. Case in point, Hockey Town, 25 years in the playoffs. This year, they stunk up the fucking place. Ratings are down. Attendance is down. Okay. Gee, I wonder why that is. Does all of a sudden Detroit hate hockey? No, Detroit hates shitty hockey. Flashback to the dead things. When they had to give away fucking cars to get people to come to the games. And they lost their stadium. That sucks. (laughs) You know, I had season tickets to the Tigers in 2005. Opening day, when they played Boston and when they played New York, were the only games that I went to that it was packed. I would say the rest of the games were at half or less capacity. And that was 40-some games that I had uh, season tickets to that year. So do the math. No, man, I, I... I work for the organization that owns the Tigers and the Red Wings. Started in 2005. They were throwing fucking Tiger tickets at us every other week in 2005. Yeah, but but 2006, not so much. And uh, I haven't seen any sense that haven't involved a company function. Just saying. And in uh, I was telling her on the chat the other day, um, in 13 years... Two pairs of hockey tickets, and they were both the season, or the uh, I believe it was I think it was '09 or or 2010 when the economy was in the shitter, and they were having trouble selling out the games. But ever since then, I ain't seen hockey tickets in five years. Yeah, and they've been it's on a steady decline. They've been on a steady decline for the last five years too. Yeah, I mean it's just how it goes. It, fuck it. In 2005, I can't tell you, every fucking month, I mean, this isn't hyperbole, every month I could have went to a Tiger game on the house. Yeah, well, by the, you know, by 2006, when Maglio was hitting that fucking, you know, home run over the fence. Shit. Yeah. Guess who doesn't get Tiger tickets anymore? Us. And yeah, and on top of that, I mean, I... <laughs> 2005 if i couldn't go to a game i just give my tickets away i couldn't i couldn't i, I couldn't sell them no one was going to buy tiger tickets in 2005 unless it was to see you know uh the yankees Just or the, the red Al- sox or the auburn tigers you know i mean i signed up giving would, tickets away 2005 people would be like the detroit tigers they still have a team yeah you know, you know what I think it is, Rich, what I was trying to get to? I think it's a change of the guard for us, for people like me and you. Like, in, in the 90s, people got sick of watching football and baseball because of all the drug use and, you know, that type of story that would come out and whatnot. And and now it's it's 
the same thing with a different reason, I think. You know, now it's you, you got to rest players. Players can't celebrate. Just all the different things that are going on in the different sports is making it to where I'm just like, oh, geez, I don't even want to watch it. Why? Ugh. And I think that's the same way it was back in the 90s when, I, when people like me and you were getting balls deep into hockey and, and football and shit. And we're like, wow, yeah, this is awesome. And, and you know, the older people were kind of like, this isn't even close. Mike Dicka would have decapitated that motherfucker. You know, Mike Singletary would have ran him over, literally, and kept running, you know. And I think it's just that change for us. The, the issues that are going on in sports now with the crybabies, the resting, the, I want more money, I got this, you know, I'm retired, but I'm not. I mean, all the issues that have come up, I'd say, within the past five to six years in all the sports, it's just made it for us the way we liked it, kind of just like, fuck, why? Does that make sense? I see what you're saying, but you also have to understand is that there's a lot more. For as, as pissed off as the NHL has, it seems like they've tried to piss me off as a fan this season, and as much as I've been pissed off, there's people out there that are loving this fucking season. They're loving these young guys coming in. They're loving the rule changes. Right, but that's the same we were in the 90s, bro. We were loving the way Ed Belfort played and Bob Probert played and and all of the, our favorite players that we talk about all the time. We were loving it. And, but there were people that looked at it and was like, you guys have no idea what that game was like 10 years ago. Yeah, and here's the it, thing. We had a sense of history. And I don't mean to get off on another fucking shit on millennials rant, but I, I think that's one of the reasons baseball, its popularity isn't where it was 30, 40 years ago. Baseball lost that sense of history. I mean, that was you know, tradition and history in baseball was a big thing. When Even in the 90s when we talked about current players, we could imagine putting them up against players from 30 years prior. You know, I, dude, I th- give me a guy like like Tony Twist. I believe I believe in my heart. He, could, without a doubt, a guy like him could play in the fucking NHL in the '60s and make a living doing it. Well, I mean, what what passed for what they you know made a living as far as money goes back then. I mean, I, I can't see that these days with the players they have. That's how much the game has changed, and that's not just get off my lawn. That's just facts. I mean, you got players who. They're used to being able to go out there and, and two-hand slash a guy, spear a guy in his nuts, and then skate off unscathed. And if the ref didn't see it, they don't even get, they don't even get a fucking penalty, let alone a suspension. Unless their name, you know, last name is Marchand, and then they get one. Right, Rich, and that's what I'm talking about. Because back in the 90s, when Ed Belfour racked people for standing in front of him and screening, I was like, yeah, yeah, serves them right. But the old people that I would talk to about, you know, that that type of situation would be like, Belfort would have got his ass beat, him and his fucking eagle mask. Right there on the ice. But you can't do that today. Can't hurt the goalie, you know. And, and I just, I really see that, mm. you know, not, not so much if it's millennial, but it's just a change of guard as far as the younger folks that, that are really liking this season in any sport. Baseball, f- football, hockey—they're just—they—they they really like the the changes and everything that happened the way we did in the late '90s. But then there was that that 
you know, the people that were like, you guys have no idea what this game was like. And now we're sitting here saying, you have no idea what this game was like 20, 30 years ago. You know, so it's just, I, I think it's just a change of the guard. I don't understand. I don't understand why then I was talking to fucking 70 year old Red Wings fans in the 90s who were just as happy to watch the Red Wings then as they did in the 50s and 60s. Because they're old and senile, and all they saw was Red Wing, and they were like, "Yeah, well, you could, <laughs> yeah." But you could also, too, in the '90s, you could your retort to these people could be, uh, "More people are watching this hockey than your hockey." Not, not the same. Twenty years later, well, viewership obviously peaked in the '80s and '90s with hockey, and that's that's what I don't understand. And ever since then, they've been tinkering with the game, and the viewership has been fluctuating. But overall, the viewership goes down, and they'll have their little. Victory, you know, parades on a season-by-season basis, on a team-by-team basis, because you'll get a team who will make a deep playoff run, who didn't make the playoffs for a couple of years, and that rejuvenates the fan base in that town. And so they focus on that and say, look at how many new hockey fans we have. No, you have a team that's finally doing something besides fucking stinking up the joint. That's it. That's all you have. I mean, I... It, you don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. And that's what the NHL's been doing for decades now. The, I, 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 where I agree with you, Earl, I think the NFL is getting to that point. I think baseball is getting to that point. I think hockey done jumped that shark a while ago. Or not hockey, but uh, basketball jumped that shark a while ago. Basically, when the, when the we're going to protect Jordan rules come out, and then when Jordan retired and it went to we're going to protect our superstar rules come out, to where there's a set of rules for superstars and there's a set of rules for all other players, is when I lost complete interest in, ba- in basketball. How could I watch that? How can I even show interest in that and lie to myself and say that it's a level playing field out there? Right, and then you get things like you know Westbrook setting a new record for a triple-double in a season. When you know damn well 20 years ago if, if Westbrook would have played, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have got half of that. Yeah, but then you also have things. I thought something was up till I looked at the numbers, though. I mean, he only beat the record by, like, what, one? You know, it wasn't like he fucking doubled it. Yeah, but it's a huge record to get in a season, bro. Records are made to be broken. It hadn't been broken for, what, 40 fucking years? Records are made to be broken. But it goes back to what Rich was just saying with the new Protect Our Superstar. I just read a stat in the last week that. I didn't fact check, so if it's if it's incorrect and it turns out it's incorrect, I apologize up front. But the article seemed to have done its, it's in the name. The article seemed to have done its homework. Basically, if you take the amount of time LeBron has played in the NBA up to this point, minus his playoff appearances, and you take the amount of time, and when I say time, I mean minutes, total minutes playing. And he's played in, since he's been in the NBA for as long as he's been. And you take that time and you compare it to Jordan, he's played more minutes than Jordan in that same period of time. I mean, once again, the game is different. It allows them to play more because they're not getting fucking fouled hard and slammed every time they go to the hole. Another, you know, AKA the bad boys, Michael Jordan rule. If he's going to fucking try to drive to the fucking net, punish him, make him earn it. You can't do that now. Now you're now you you'll be bounced out with a technical, and you're sitting there playing one man down. That's where I said the rule changes come in, and I'm like, it's just, eh. And so yeah, I do kind of agree with you. It is easier for players. They've opened up offense. They've clamped down on defense because they want a higher scoring game. 
That's the same thing they're trying to do with the NHL. They're trying to clamp down on defense. It's, the whole point of playing the neutral zone trap was to keep the other person from scoring. And so they did their best to regulate the neutral zone trap out of the NHL. The problem is, is that there's no, uh, like, guys like Datsuk and Kovalchuk have said, there's no creative thinking anymore in the coaching, and the players aren't given the leeway to be creative on the ice when it comes to making plays. And, I mean, and there's he, no rivalry either. Well, the rivalries that exist are like Pittsburgh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and the Capitals, the Penguins and the Capitals. Yeah. I'll give you that, Earl. I could, as little as ten years ago, I could name you three or four NHL rivalries off the top of my head. Now, couldn't fucking tell you one. Oh yeah, you know, Sidney Crosby versus everybody. That's about it. Well, everybody with, who doesn't live in Pittsburgh. But see, with the NBA though, with Westbrook even averaging a triple double throughout the season, his team finished sixth in the Western Conference. I mean, really? You, you break the triple-double record, you average a triple-double throughout the fucking season, and you're still 47-34? and 34? Come on. Yeah. Basketball is the one, the one sport where one player can make a bigger difference than any other sport. And you could argue that the next sport would be hockey with a goalie. And if you need, to, if you need any proof of that, look at the difference between the Colorado Avalanche with Patrick Waugh and the Colorado Avalanche after they acquired Waugh in the middle of the 95-96 season. Because that team's history would be completely different if, if he didn't get shelled to the tune of 11 goals and they kept him in net. And then he, when he finally got pulled, he walked over to the owner and the GM and said, the last, this, this is the last time you'll see me in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. Trade me. If that hadn't happened, the Colorado Avalanche would not have been the Colorado Avalanche that, that we knew from that point in time when they moved from Quebec until the early 2000s. And, you know, I also wonder, I guess I'd have to research. Do, do you guys know who uh, OKC was playing when Westbrook broke his record? Oh, was it a team going for the playoffs, I guess is my question. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I wonder if there was maybe a little bit of laying down. And my evidence to support my crazy hypothesis is, do you guys see Kobe Bryant's last game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, where he took every shot and he went over 60 points. Yeah, where he took every shot and the defense just kind of laid back because they knew it was Kobe's last game. I wonder if he had maybe a little bit of that going on. And I think, what was it, Saturday or Sunday when Durant broke that, or not Durant, uh, Westbrook broke that record. It happens in all sports. Look at look at uh, Strahan when he got the sack record against Favre. Favre basically fucking laid down mm -hmm. for him. Yeah, wasn't there something too recently in baseball where pretty much the guy served him up a meatball? I think well, it was last. Was, it involved something last year. That was Earl's theory on uh, uh, the first player at bat after uh, um, the Marlins lost their pitcher in that uh, boating accident because the first at bat yeah. was a home run. Yeah, I, I also. I you're right. I, I'm also kind of. I also remember kind of being with that theory. And I mean, I was just on the fence because I'm like. It, it, was it a meaningful game? I mean, if the game didn't mean anything at that point, it was near the end of the season. Can I see it happening? Definitely. I mean, Denver Nuggets is who he did it against. Yeah, they ain't been shit since Mello left. So, so basically, what you're telling me is the Nuggets played them like they were playing a uh, an all star game. There was just no defense. No, there was defense because he also hit a game winner at the buzzer. I'm not saying no defense. I'm saying maybe... No, I'm talking about the Kobe thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, come on, that was ridiculous. Their defense was maybe at 
Oh, at most, I'll give him seventy-five percent that game. I mean, you might even get into uh, get out your tinfoil hats, kids. Earl, you'll love this. You might even get to. There might have been some kind of directive from the league or from fucking Jerry Buss. You know, hey, it's his last game. Fucking let let Kobe be Kobe. Don't defend him as hard. You know, you know, it could have been a directive to feed him the ball the entire game. May I suggest a new strategy? Let the Wookiee win. Yeah. <laughs> and and too, just I mean, after the whole Tim Donahue thing, I wouldn't put any shit past the NBA, quite honestly. For those of you younger people who don't remember, that would be the referee who got caught. It's what, probably about 10 years ago now. Guy was betting on games. He was officiating. Yeah. And 10 years seems about right, give or take maybe a year or two. Yeah, I'm just, and we've talked to this about this on many, many shows. It just, I, I, I truly, honestly feel, and again, just my opinion, no facts backing it up, that these leagues are going to be in trouble here. You know, I would, I would go with what you guys said earlier. In like ten years, it's just, it's going to survive. You guys are right because it's going to have. The, the millennial era and everything else that are like, oh, it's so fun, and look at him run, and look at him shoot. Oh, it's so great. But for us, it's it's. I, I doubt within 10 years any of us really watch sports, seriously, if it continues this trend. Sports is about being a gladiator. That's where the, where the, the foundation for these sports have been coming from. It is about going out there and showing your manly skill. And all of that has been taken away and and put in the, you know, back even as like these kids, you know, protect the protect the kid, you, you know, everybody now plays flag football, everybody now plays t ball, everybody gets a trophy, and they're the same way in the in pro sports. Oh, protect them, protect them. We don't want to hurt them. Protect them. All our money is invested in him. Don't let him get hurt. But in doing so, you're fucking up the program. The product that you're trying to deliver to us in every sport, every sport, is being affected. And it's getting to the point where, just like the NHL is like, you know, faded out, that so many people just don't know where to watch it or can't watch it and just get the box scores, we get like that with every sport. Yeah, football is king, but for how long? You know, we love the pendulum here in America, and I just had a thought. I'm wondering... If after the millennials, you're going to get some kind of backlash and all of a sudden get like the greatest generation part two kind of motherfuckers. Just a thought. I think that for your opinion, you say you have no facts to back it up. You have no whatever. I mean, to, 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 to hop onto your side of the, of the line in the sand you've drawn, I would say the biggest threat to all these leagues are going to be pricing your average sports fan out of the ability to go to the games. I'd say that is the biggest threat to these leagues, more so than even rule changes, especially the NFL. The NFL is ridiculously expensive to go to a game. I mean, it is it is stupid expensive. And it's going to get to the point where between we have high-def TV, surround sound systems, the, I mean, all the creature comforts of home on a fucking 70, 80-inch TV, you know, flat-screen high-def TV, with 7.1 surround sound and et cetera, et cetera. Why would you want to go shell out three, $400 for two people to go to a game just, just to go to one game when for a thousand, you can go out and buy a home entertainment system 
that's going to be a better watching experience than even going to see the game live. Yeah, and if you smoke, you can't smoke anywhere in the world, like, ever. So you can sit at home and smoke. To go to the if game, you, you have to walk. To smoke, you have to walk all the way around the stadium, down three flights of stairs, get into this crowd of smokers, you know, that you have to squeeze into. Dude, at least in Michigan, you can still smoke by the door. I'm in California today. I'm usually in Washington and Oregon. No states. You have to be at least like 30 feet from the door. In Utah, you like can't it. even smoke in your car. If you smoke in your car, your windows have to be rolled up. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wow. Well, it's not just smoking. It's it's things like like you pointed out, man. You know, $11 beers, $10 hot dogs. You know, that shit adds up, man. I mean, there's we're going through a thing here in Detroit that I don't know if other cities go through, honestly, because I don't know how they're set up. But in Detroit, we have a lot of parking lots that are questionably owned. You really don't know who owns them. And on an average day in Detroit, it might cost you three to five bucks to park in that parking lot for all day. A game day shows up, all of a sudden those signs get put away and the 20 to $40 signs come out. And the thing is, you, these aren't fucking publicly owned parking lots. This isn't city owned. These are privately owned parking lots that a lot of times people will just show up, set up signs, and start charging people, and they have nothing to do with the fucking ownership of the, of the parking lot. So parking has gone up through the fucking roof downtown to go to a game. I mean, I used to be able to park in that parking lot literally right across from the Fox Theater, right next to Comerica Park, and pay $20. I think the last time I went, they wanted $55 to park in that, that parking lot. I mean, it's in six years, it went up that much. And think about that. You're paying almost $60 to park before you even walk in, plus what you spent on the tickets. And let's be nice and say you paid $30, $35 a ticket. You've already dropped almost 120 bucks, and you haven't even set foot in the stadium yet. I mean, how can your average family... When the middle class is shrinking, afford to keep going to these sporting events. They're not going to be able to. So a live sporting event is going to become something that people with money go to. And unless they're super fans and they're really fans of the sport, it's going to become an event. Like the Kentucky Derby is an event. People go to the Kentucky Derby don't give a single fuck about horse racing. People go to the Super Bowl and don't give a single fuck about football. They go because they want to say they went to the Super Bowl. Right. Most and of the Rich, people in those stands are not football fans. You're making a hell of a thing for my next point. But put that with the product they're putting out, and then imagine somebody coming from Atlanta to go see a Cavaliers game, paying all that money on travel, parking, food, accessories to get there, and their pay, favorite all-star player, LeBron James, isn't even in the fucking building, boss. Uh, you're getting into another argument, man. Players are allowed to have an off day. Players are allowed to be sat. It's a different. You're getting into a different argument, Earl. I, it, there's dude, no. There's nothing on your ticket that says LeBron James is guaranteed to be there. The the gold standard didn't have an off game. I'm just saying. You know what? Are you going to get all butter? LeBron got injured the game before I went and saw him. That's bullshit. It's, come on, man. It's a different conversation. I'm with you, but what what about sitting there in, in street clothes, laughing, joking, diving onto the court, not doing a fucking thing, but joking around and playing? If it's an off day and you're trying to rest, sit there and fucking relax. Don't show me that you got all this energy to play and joke around and have a great time, but you can't get on the court for two minutes? Oh, whatever, So my son dude. that I brought from Atlanta and spent all this fucking money 
to see. Can't you see know? it. You know what's going to happen? What, they got to sit with their hands folded and stare straight forward? Come on, man. You know what's going to happen? The people that are smart, that have money, who want to see LeBron play, they're not going to buy tickets for later in the season. They'll buy them for earlier in the season or midway through the season. And that, and that reduces the risk of him not being able to play or not being played to be rested. Risk, you take a risk anytime you buy a ticket. If you're going to see one player play, that he might be injured, he might be sick, whatever the fuck. All right, that's a risk you take. It's an accepted risk. If you bitch about it, you're stupid. Don't buy tickets. Now, if you know that he has a tendency to be rested at the end of the season and this becomes basically an every-year thing for him, if you're smart, you're not going to fucking pay to go to those games where he might be rested. And so what will happen is you'll get a bunch of fucking games that don't mean shit and they'll end up fucking being half full. Or because it is the Cavaliers, and just because LeBron is on the sidelines, you'll have people in Cleveland that'll say, hey, I could scalp this ticket for 100 bucks if LeBron was playing, but I'll sell it for 50 cents he's not. And you'll have people that'll buy it and go see it. Yeah, I, What I, happened I, to, I'm oh, not, well, I'm, I'm at not, the game. And I'm not there are plenty of Tigers with, games I went to as a little kid that someone I wanted to see got sat that day. It bitch about it. I'm like, well, still here, still seeing a baseball game. And, I mean, I'll give you this. I understand where you're coming from. Yes, if this becomes a fucking habit... If this becomes the new the new normal in the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, then you're going to see a lot of later season games that are that aren't as well attended as when they're still in the hunt and they haven't locked anything up. Right, and then they're going to start shortening seasons and making it so it's not so long and drawn out. I just I really see all of this heading to a bad path. That's again my opinion. Yeah, but you say shortening seasons. The problem is, is that, that owners aren't going to agree that, to that. Yeah, that, that's 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 also shortening your revenue stream. Uh, uh-uh, that ain't happening. Like the like as far as preseason football goes, the only way the owners will ever cut preseason football is if they take whatever games they take away from preseason, they add to the regular season. They're not willing to lose that income. I mean, baseball, you can make an argument for, but that's that's the that's one of the uniqueness of baseball. And ba- baseball has so many unique things in it. Baseball is the, really the only sport the defense controls the ball. Baseball has no timer. Baseball plays 162 games a season, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They'll play doubleheaders if they have to. Used to be, used to be doubleheaders were scheduled. And I'm talking in my lifetime. Yeah, I remember that shit. Used to be on the schedule. Let you go pick up a big boy to your, your twi-night doubleheader. You know, now it's only, oh, well, if, if a game got rained out or, or whatever, then we'll go ahead and schedule a doubleheader to make up for it later in the season. I mean, that's, that's the, the work around it. And then you, and, and I know the NHL, it used to be like this. I don't know if it is. NHL doesn't have to pay its players once the regular season's over with. So the deeper a playoff run a team gets, the only thing they're paying for as far as those players go, as far as salaries or contracts, is if they have incentive clauses for playoff performance that's it rest of that money that, that is that is that is not going to the player salaries so they're not going to cut the playoffs that's definitely not going to happen so i think i think honestly what will start to happen is if it becomes a problem they'll start building smaller fucking places and charge more because there'll be fucking idiots who'll be willing to pay four hundred dollars to sit in a nosebleed section to go watch a lions game i'm not one of them been a one lions game in my life didn't pay for it would never pay to go to a lions game just wouldn't do it you do not have a good enough product for me to fork over cash for that. Sorry. I, I went to one. I got to see Brett Favre on the Green Bay Packers. Uh. 
Yeah, I can argue I've never paid to see a Lions game. Not even in my adult life. My adult life, someone else gave me the ticket. All right. No. I don't know. I, I think, too, I mean, you could see it, too. Uh, let's be honest. Like, we'll use another industry. Let's look at the concert industry, Rich. How many concerts did you used to go to? I know you. I, I used to go to a fuck ton. And, yeah, you get yeah. older. You kind of get out of that scene. But at the same time, I can tell you the reason why I... St- concert ticket prices. Fuck, I went to go buy a, a Clutch and Primus are coming here in a couple months. I went to go buy a ticket the other day. The cheapest ticket in the house is $68. Yeah. The shittiest ticket, the lawn seats are $68. Oh, yeah. And and that's the, not even including the fees probably that they tack on. Yeah. I tried to get a ticket where all my buddies are sitting. 150 bucks. I paid a hundred. I paid over $100 one time for a concert ticket. It was to see Paul McCartney. Just say I saw a fucking Beatle. All right? I don't like anybody else that much. Maybe I'm cheap. I'm just, I told my friends, you know what? I'll stub hub it day of. You know, all I got to do is get in the building. Dude, you guys will do the rest. It's fucking ridiculous. And you're doing that same shit with Rich. The, the Lions game that I went to in my adult life at Ford Field. I didn't pay for that ticket. I still spent $200 that day. Yep. Yep. Lions game I went to was a season ticket holder who was out of town. And me and the ex-wife got the two season tickets, 14 rows off the end zone. And I think, yeah, about two, two, 250 bucks we spent that day. In the so, Lions game I went to, my late wife bought it for me because we wanted to go see a Lions game. So, And I can tell you that 200 maybe a beer went to the guy that gave me the ticket. Rest was all me. One person. No girlfriend. No broke-ass friend who I'm floating. Just bought the guy a beer who, who fucking called me up to go to the game at the last minute. I still spent $200. There was no... And two, there was no dinner. There was no. I, I bet you the, the the pint of whiskey that I downed on the way to the game was probably the cheapest thing I paid for all day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but going back to the concert though, Chris, you also don't go to concerts because it's no longer live. Even if you see them, now they all sing over their tracks. No, not um, everybody, dude. Not that's the, not the pe- maybe the people you go see. No, Clutch and Primus are not singing shit over anything. Uh, that's I, I can guarantee you that. Those bands are playing full-on fucking live. I've seen them both before. Yeah. And I may have to retire concerts after I go to that one. Uh, I don't know how you beat that bill. <laughs> well, doesn't get any better than this. We're done. But once again, here's the issue that gets overlooked, and the, and the waters get muddied with all these fucking social agendas that people want to throw out and all these bitches and complaints that they people have built up, whether it be millennials or the game sucks and they're pussies or whatever, they're pricing the average fan out of going to games. So all there is to it. And the only way to bring those prices down is for people not to go. But people with money are going to go. I, 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 after 2005, any Tigers game I've been to, I've seen a lot more of the L.A. type fan. The people that show up in the third inning and they take selfies and they tag themselves and they get their big old fucking hurricane whalebone drinks. They get their buzz on and then they get up and they leave in the sixth or seventh inning. It's to be seen. It's something it's like. I, you know, it's like the equivalent of being at the right club. And it's like you're not there for the game. Those are the people they're drawing. Here's here's the bitch of it. 
Owners don't give a fuck. If you're willing to pay, they don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah, you're still paid have, for. Yeah, once you have your money, you can buy season tickets and never, never once go to a game the entire season. They don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Well, it was like we talked a few podcasts ago about the idiots who were going to walk out of Ford Field at halftime. They don't give a shit. You already paid. They got all your ticket money. You probably bought a beer or two between the first half. What point were you proving? It's like, what was it, the Dana? You guys remember the Dana Carvey show at all? It's brief run. One of the sketches they had on there was guys that were talking about they were screwing the fast food place. They'd go up, they'd order a bunch of food, they'd give the guys their money at the window, and then they'd drive off talking about, yeah, we screwed them. (laughs) Same mentality with those Lions fans. You did not screw anyone, but you screwed yourself out of a half of football that you paid for. Well... Yeah, it, it, to me, it boils down to if you can't afford to go, if what what used to happen even 20 years ago, you know, dad have the, you know, mom, two kids could go catch a game. They're not sitting, you know, they're not sitting right behind home plate, obviously, you know, but you could get some, you could get some cheap seats and go in between parking and everything. As long as you don't go nuts with the concession stand, you could fucking conceivably f- go for less than 100 150 bucks. I-, I don't see how you can do that anymore. And I mean that's just that's taking the fan base and 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 to for that's taking the fan base for the live sports and shrinking it. And they have no problem doing it because obviously they're still getting revenue. If they weren't, they would fucking lower ticket prices. I mean case in point. How many times has the Lions tickets went up since Barry retired? Guarantee you, if you look it up, the averages every two years those tickets go up. And I remember when they raised the ticket prices after the year they went 0 and 16, people were like, "Are you fucking high? The business end of your crack pipe must be hot to the touch, huh? What the fuck is wrong with you, Ford family? You literally just put the worst team in the history of football on the field, and now you're going to raise the ticket prices for people to go see them the next season." You know what the problem is? We keep paying it. Exactly. Exactly. If you had a season or two where revenue was down, you might start addressing this. But if people keep paying it, attendance records keep being broken, revenue is at an all-time high. I, I, I don't blame them, quite honestly. Like, wow, these retards keep buying tickets, no matter how much we raise the price. I, I honestly believe, though, it's companies that keep buying those tickets. Because every Lions game I've watched, I don't see a packed stadium. Four Field is far from packed. But I think it's companies that try to get their name out, like we talked about earlier. Maybe not just the Fords, but, you know, small companies there that have the money that is going to be able to pay that much money at a discount because they're buying in bulk. And I think the Ford family found that to be, well, we don't have to buy out the tickets. Somebody's going to pay us for all these tickets. Fucking raise the price. All right, so John Q. Public can't buy the ticket, but he can go get it from whoever does, whatever company, you know, sponsors this game at Ford Field. We just have to put their name up on the scoreboard every now and again. Do it. Yeah, but Earl, the, the, the flaw in your, your logic there is if the majority of your ticket sales are bulk, shit would change the price would come down because they would realize we're not selling these to individual fans. We're just selling these to companies. The market would correct itself, so to speak. Why, but why would the ticket prices come down if, if 
the p- companies are buying it. The companies can afford it. And if the companies are going to keep sponsoring games at Ford Field, and all I have to do is put the name up on the scoreboard every now and again, why would I b- drop the price? Again, fuck John Q. Public. These people are going to pay me no matter what because they want their name out. I don't have a marquee team like the Patriots or whatnot, so my team isn't going to. My seats aren't that expensive, so the companies are going to use this as a a platform because it's cheap and it reaches a lot of people when they watch it on TV. Why drop the price when these companies can afford it? That's my my question. (laughs) Because if all you're doing is selling tickets in bulk, you're going to realize that you're not getting, you're not having real. They want real butts in the seats. I don't think so. Honestly, I don't. And if that were true, the price would come down, especially in Detroit, Michigan. No, that's what I'm saying. They keep paying it. That's why. That's Fans keep paying them. I really don't think it's individual fans. That's all I'm saying. I would, I would be so interested think, to see. So you think Ford Field every fucking Sunday in fall is nothing but Ford and Art Van buying tickets? No, I, I don't think every Sunday. I think there are some marquee teams that come into town and some people are like, I want to go see them. So some fans go. They can afford it. But I think the majority of the games at Ford Field, yes, are sponsored by different companies. Not just Ford or Art Van, but different companies getting their names out there. But they don't have to sell out anymore. We reviewed this like an hour ago. The blackout right, they don't have gone. to sell more. But they do sell to companies trying to get their names out. It's not about selling out the, the complete stadium. It's about their, okay, we'll invest this much money. We'll take this many seats. Give them to our employees, give them out at our stores, whatever, you know, you, you buy this, you get a couple of Lions tickets to go with it, you know, so th- th- I think the companies in Michigan use that platform to launch their business, to get more business in the, in, hey. in their stores. You've been out of Detroit for a while, sir. I can name you at yep. least five people that I know that will go and pay retail price for fucking Lions tickets right now. I, I mean, sure, it's people in my little circle, but... No, man, it's, I, I can't buy that, man. I can't, I, I just, I can't. There's just, too, the, the Lions fan base is just too passionate. All right, then, I, I, I here and now, I'll talk to you about this. We'll watch a Lions game. We'll watch Lions all season. Even if you watch just the opening kickoff, look around the stadium and see if it's full. We're not see talking if about awful. if it's full. You're trying to tell me nothing but companies buy up the tickets. If people pay hard-earned money, individuals like me, I'm going to the game. So if it's not companies that are buying the bulk seats to try to get their name on a board, so you know, get a commercial during, you know, but they don't have to sell out anymore. Like we've talked about this three Chris, times. I'm not they talking don't have to sell it out. I'm talking what... about them buying tickets so that they can sponsor the the game and get their name out there. Put they their don't name do up that on the since they, took, they don't do that since they took the blackout rule away, dude. And Ford's name is on the field. They're all set with advertising. <laughs> like it's if if Art Van was to buy a a group a bunch of tickets right now, it would be for in, some type of promotion they were going to have at their stores. Buy a new furniture set, get a free ticket, just like they do with televisions these days. There's no reason for these companies to come in and buy them out because. They don't get their name mentioned, even if they do. I mean, I get what you, I get where you're coming from. It's just it's not it. It's not how it works now. Okay, when it was going to be a blackout, it was okay. Well, some local company would swoop in and buy, like I said, 
5,000, 2,000 tickets, whatever it was, and be the hero so people could watch the game on TV. That's what got their name out there. Not the fact that they bought the tickets, but the fact that they bought it so they could be on TV. If these companies buy the tickets now, they're not reporting on it because it doesn't matter. You can still watch the game on TV. Right, but I, I do think that it still happens that they buy these tickets. I do. And I yeah, think they do, and they give them away. We're not arguing it doesn't. You're trying shit. to say it's like the majority of the sales. I'm telling you, it's it's not. And, right, and like I said, I would be interested to see who actually paid for the tickets. Now, I'll give you this. I think companies buy up the fucking suites. I, without oh, yeah. a doubt, I know. Without a doubt, I know that. I mean, even even something as like the Plymouth Whalers, the minor league hockey team here in town. I, you know, I had tickets. I had sweet tickets to one of their games, and it was bought by. Um, oh shit, I, I can't remember. I think it might have been Kroger, but it was it was bought by a, a a local company. That's who the the tickets were bought by. And so when I got the tickets, it was you know courtesy of, and that's how they got their their name out there and promoted it. Now, yeah, when it comes to that, that's what they of course that's what they do with the tickets that they buy in bulk. That's that's yeah. Hey, look, we're aren't we nice? We're handing away tickets. I mean, that's how come radio stations and TV stations don't give away two thousand tickets. They get you know two three pairs of tickets, and you got to be caller number whatever the fuck to get it, you know to win them. Uh, but the, it, my it, whole the, point behind all of this was saying that with with that, why in the hell would they lower prices when they can do that? I don't think they're going to until they have no choice to. And as but long I think, as I think that. That, point, that, that is a ways down the road. I think so, too. Because companies will buy those tickets, like you said, and either, get, you know, if they will find a new way to get their name out there that they bought the tickets and use it as advertising. It's just they won't be bailing out the people who can't afford to go to the game so it's not blacked out. They'll come up with a new fucking spin on it. Now, that I agree with you with. Because that's what yeah, that's what I'm do. saying. They're going to get commercials going. Hey, come in and get this, and get a couple of tickets to the, your favorite Lions team, and and all this shit. It it won't be the 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 format of hey, we saved it so it's not blacked out. Now you can watch it at home. No, they want you to go to the game, but before you go, you have to buy this, and you're going to see that on local TV. Their commercial. Then you go, you buy it, you get your tickets, you go to the game. Well, I, I guess. I guess you know the the point ultimately is it sucks that people are getting priced out of it. The average the average sports fan, to where they can only go to maybe one game a season, maybe two if it's a, like like it's baseball. They could go to a game at the beginning of the season, a game at the end of the season, and it, you know it's not it's not putting a financial strain on their entertainment budget. But I just I don't see that being the future of of sports for your average fan. I mean I I I'm telling you right now. I would rather spend money on a home entertainment system and a big screen TV and a high def, you know, connection and watch sports that way than go and pay for parking and fight the crowds, deal with the drunks, deal with the idiots screaming and and fucking walking in front of me through half the game, dealing with the fucking 14, 15 year old girls who are more concerned about, you know, taking selfies and how their hair looks than the game. I'd rather just sit in my house, crank up the fucking surround sound and, 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 and turn off the lights and just get immersed in the game that way. And see the pores of your favorite player. Well, I wouldn't feel that way if it, if it didn't cost $200 to go to a game for two people. I mean, I, I'd even say I wouldn't feel that way if it cost $100. I mean, it, cut, it, cut it in half. I mean, the, you know, the Red Wings every once in a while, 
in in the last couple of years, and the Tigers do this. They'll have a stretch of games where the team that's coming into town isn't an, an, a name team that's going to draw people just because they want to see that team. All right, so they'll package like you know three games together. Okay, come and see you know the Royals and the White Sox and you know whoever the fuck you know Blue Jays. Something like that. You know, teams that aren't going to draw a big crowd because they're playing here. And they'll offer them for, like, you know, you get three tickets and three pops and three hot dogs, and it's like $120. You know, okay, fine, whatever. But, I mean, that's that's still, like, that's not that great of a deal. That's one ticket for three games that you could probably walk up to the will call window and pay less for. Yeah, I mean, you I, know, and one thing I, I will give you, Earl, is where I think pretty much – Companies buy is the Super Bowl. That shit is ridiculous. That the, the common man cannot go to the Super Bowl. Oh, not so, close. When they, I'll, I'll give you that one, Earl. When they announced the nosebleeds, there's what twenty seven hundred dollars last season. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like that's some people's monthly income. Shit, that's more than my take home for for a month for one football ticket. Please, I'll I'll, I'll be on my couch. Yeah, in what, 2000 or 2001, when Detroit was uh, awarded the Super Bowl for Super Bowl 40, that day, the tickets were going for six grand. Now, I granted, they weren't, they probably weren't nosebleed, but I guarantee you they weren't right up on the 50 yard line either. I guarantee you those went for fucking five figures or more. But six grand? I mean, it's being held in a city. The people, the average person in the city doesn't even have a chance to get tickets, let alone if they somehow do get, they, they, they get in there and they get a chance to get it. They can't afford to get them. I mean, that's really, I don't know, maybe because I've been doing this show for over a year now, I really, I'm, I'm getting kind of fucking jaded and going, how much money do these fucking, these leagues really need? I mean, I understand that everybody wants to make more money and more money and the, 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 the people that are, that are just brainwashed by capitalism think that they constantly have to make more money than they did last year for anything to be worth it. If they make the same amount of money or there's a fluctuation, 5%, give or take, that's not good enough. They got to crush last year's earnings, last last quarter's earnings. I understand that. You want constant growth. But you can grow yourself to the point where no one can afford to go fucking see you. And then what do you do? See, Rich, careful. You're getting to where I was a couple of shows ago and you were like, what are you, jealous? No, I'm not jealous. But how much fucking money do you actually need? No, you were bitching about them them getting paid what they get paid. Players getting paid what they get paid and not being played. All right. Right. And you were like, well, I got to go to work no matter what. Okay, well, you don't work a job like they do. You're comparing their job is on the level with brain surgery, and your job is bagging groceries, and you're trying to compare the two as far as fucking how much they make, and if they don't show up, then they don't get paid. All right. One of them, dude, takes a whole... Not, not a whole lot of people can do that job. That's why they make that money. There's a whole lot of baggers out there. whole lot of them. I'm unique, damn it. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Snowflake. I'm special. <laughs> no, it, it, it too. We, to get into that conversation, you know, when you're a bagger, you get to punch out. All right? In any of these sports, as soon as you report for, you know, spring training, training camp, whatever... Dude, you are clocked in 24-7. So what's I think LeBron doing and, hanging out with his posse? What's that about? And you can't 
have a career-ending bagger injury. You know, no, no one's going to come out of fucking, you know, no one's breaking your clavicle, throwing you to the ground for, you know, bagging groceries. Hey, I could get carpal tunnel. <laughs> That's career-ending. I, I can't lift after that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, too, just as I've gotten older... I've gotten yeah, sure we bitch about it, but I guess too I've gotten with sports salaries. I've gotten into there's kind of there's more of a risk reward thing kind of going on there. I mean, especially with like the NFL, you know, you got guys that don't even make it, you know, into their fucking out of their their late fifties, just dropping dead from all the fucking shit they went through. You know, I, I'd say it's it's it, you know we're there there. You could argue someone on the practice squad has put their body through more fucking shit than any than the three of us have collectively, and we were all three of us are almost forty. Rich, I think you might just have turned forty, correct? Yeah. Um, I think another thing is is that mm. when players were making less money, it wasn't a twenty-four hour a day job. Players actually had other jobs in the offseason, whether it be, you know, salesmen, construction workers, whatever. As the salaries went up, I really do think that the media around sports started to feel like, well, since now this is a 24-hour job and you are paid so much, then you owe us something. You owe us, you know, the interview after the game. You owe us you know, coming to coming to doing the Q&A. You owe us the, the appearances to open up shopping malls or whatever the fuck. I'm just here so I don't get suspended. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... You can't... If you are a player and you do your job well on the field, but off the field you go, look, this is my job. When you get done taking the trash and putting it in the, in the truck and then go back to the shop, you don't take the trash home with you. So why Rich. should I have to fucking take my job home with me? I'm a football player. First thing people say is, you get paid X amount of money. Okay, well, that goes back to you feel you're entitled to something because of their paycheck. That you're entitled to them doing above and beyond because how much they get paid. Rich, just, I know I told you the story. I don't know if you were there. Do you remember when me and Tim Fowler went and met Aaron Ward at a bar? Yeah, he was an absolute fucking dick. And you're not the only person that's told me that that's met him personally. He was. I walked up to him and I was like, Aaron, it was great to meet you. I, I can't believe that we're meeting you. I just have a question. Is it harder to play against Dead Belfour or Martin Brodeur? This motherfucker turns, looks at me and goes, I don't want to talk about work. But you could also argue that history takes care of those guys. Because the only way you're talking about that guy now is talking about the shitty experience you had with him. The guys who are congenial... You know, who realized that they're where they're at because of the people who come pay to see them. And karma gets those guys, too, but in a good way. You know, for the most part, I'll agree with you, Chris. And then I think there's really guys like Marshawn Lynch who has proven, look, he has no problem playing the, the, the game when it comes to the media as long as it doesn't interfere with his day-to-day -day life. And, yeah, people can go, he took kind of a shitty stance by saying, well, what, what's the point of talking to the media after a game? What do I have to say? I kind of look at it as, well, he's self-aware enough to know that he's not going to say anything intelligent, you know, like, not, to say not going to say anything intelligent is putting it the wrong way, but he's not going to say anything groundbreaking. Because let's be honest, even the guys that give all the interviews, what do they say when they give the interviews? Well, we, you know, we did our best today, or 
You know, we just yeah. didn't play up to par today. And I mean, it's, we can almost, I can almost tell you what they're going to fucking say before the interview starts. It's, every sport, it's cliche. It's nine cliches strung together. Every locker room interview, no matter what sport it is, it's, yeah. And that's how can you get guys like Charles Barkley, guys like, like John Rocker. Now, whether, you know, I think Barkley's a lot more beloved than John Rocker is, but they're both very outspoken. And the guys knew, and the media knew, if you stick a camera in their face, you were going to get gold from them. It was, just, it was just a matter of time. You just had to keep tape rolling. Because eventually they were going to say something that you could, you could slap on a headline. That's what happened with Iguodala from the uh, Golden State Warriors. Exactly. When he said, what would a dumb nigger say, right? I mean, out of left field, he's saying that in a post-game interview. But, I mean, it's, I, I, it's hard because, you know, we say, well, kids look up to sports figures. Okay, it's nice, I guess, if you have an idol when you play. Like, when I was a little kid, you know, I wanted to bat, like, Mike Heath, and I wanted to play catcher like Mike Heath. Okay, cool. But I didn't try to, like, base my life off of what he did in his private life because I didn't know about his private life. It was more of a batting stance, his style of play, his his mannerisms, his you know idiosyncrasies, whatever the fuck. That's what kids should be looking up to. So I agree when I hear, "Well, I'm not a role model. Why am I? Why do you want? Why do you expect me to say something profound to raise your fucking brat? I have my kids. You raise your kids. How about that? I I agree with that. But at the same time, when you sign that contract, part of the contract is you have to play the media game. Now, Marshawn Lynch came out and basically said, "Okay." My contract stipulates I have to talk to you. Doesn't say I have to tell you anything at all, really. I just have to talk to you. So he just came out and he what did he do? He literally talked to him and he said nothing. But he wasn't breaking his contract, now was he? I know that never rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe with that guy, but it's I don't know. I, maybe just because he wasn't a dick about it, or maybe just because his performance on the field was like. I mean, what was his his one post game interview? Who was it? It was with Deion Sanders. What do you say the whole time? I'm all about that action, boss. I'm all yeah. I mean, I'm all about what happens on the field, not this talking bullshit. Yeah. How can, how can you not respect that? We bitch about players who talk who 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 talk a big game and talk themselves up and go out there and play like bitches. He goes out there and 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 he is beast mode, and he comes back and they're like, "What were your thoughts on what happened?" <laughs> That's just what I do. That's what I'm here to do. Someone gave me the football, and I ran it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what do you want me to say? The day I can't do it, I guess, is the day I'll retire. And, hey, look, obviously. When the money's paid. (laughs) Well, I was about to say, obviously, a few teams feel like he could still do it because they're willing to pay him if he's willing to come out of retirement and they can get the contract situation worked out. It's so reminiscent to me of Barry Sanders, but nobody wanted to pay Barry, I guess, because nobody asked him to come out of retirement. No, I think to... Barry had a chip on his shoulder, too. Uh, yeah, I remember well, that the Lions, the Lions held his contract for a few years after he retired, so by the time that teams could sign him without having to deal with the Lions about his contract, he was he'd had, he would have had, I think, two or three seasons out of the NFL, and... That's not a position you can take two, three years off. I mean, I, is there anybody? I'm going to be honest. I was, I was shocked Michael Vick had as much success as he did when he came back after his, what, two, three seasons in prison? And I don't think that oh, he yeah. had that. He didn't have that's that great success. But, yeah, I know. But it's not the longest yard in there. That's a fucking movie. That's not reality. 
right? He wasn't. He, him and Burt Reynolds. Chris Rock wasn't his coach. What? No, him and Burt Reynolds were tossing <laughs> the pigskin around. Okay, keeping up on his fucking bootlegs. All right, so that's that's what but I'm. Joey Diaz at. wasn't his lineman. What? No. <laughs> but yeah, I. It, I don't know. I think I think I think athletes get a lot a lot too excuse me. Yeah, let me start over. I think athletes get way too much shit for how, for what they get paid when they are not the ones setting the market. You can watch it. I watch athletes price themselves out of a job, aka Colin Kaepernick this year. I mean, yes, he's being blacklisted by some teams. Yes, there's other teams won't touch him because they don't feel he's that good of a player. But his demands on a contract are eight to ten million a year and a starting position. No team. How can he walk in there and say that? If he walked in there and said, "I'll take three million a year and I'll put, and I'll compete for a starting position," there might be actually teams stepping up, willing to take the risk on him. Right. Yeah, twenty thirteen's I mean, long gone, Colin. Yeah, but at the same time, he brings a lot more to the table than someone like Mike Glennon, who's getting thirteen million to start. And he's a throwaway player after that year. That's all they're going to have to pay him. They're overpaying him for the simple. For, they're overpaying him for the reason of if he doesn't work out, we can just walk away, and he's we don't owe a cap hit. We don't owe any money to him. We just basically paid him to fucking get us through this season. But and Mike Lennon thing, brings less to the table in the shitstorm category with the media. I'm just saying with the way that the quarterbacks have made their contracts this season coming up. Colin Kaepernick's not asking for out-of-the-realm money. Nobody's no, asking to start. He's clearly not a starter anymore. Last season well, showed that's, that. That's just it. He's asking for you know things that people have to have faith in. He's not going to kneel for the national anthem. He's not you know a has-been. He, he's got something left in the tank. People have to have faith in that to pay him that much money. And let's be honest, too. He's walking into a new company and saying, fuck your mailroom. Give me the CEO job. No, man. Your your track record since Jim Harbaugh left the NFL says you start in the fucking mailroom. Okay, if you look at the average starting salary, the average salary of an NFL quarterback is $3.8 million per year. He's asking eight to $10 million. Now, think about that. Your average salary is three point eight. He wants eight to $10 million. He's pricing himself out of the fucking market. Unless unless that's his starting negotiation and he's willing to go down. On top of that, I think he's going to have to fucking give up that I want a guaranteed starting position. I don't think he's going to get that from any team. I think teams are going to make him pay his fucking dues. Right or wrong, he made a choice to take the stand he took. And the people, the only people in the world who value the talents he has... There's 32 teams, there's 32 owners, there's 32 GMs. And if he soured himself on two-thirds of those people, that's on him, right? No one's talked about that. No one's talked about the fact that he has a very small market for his skills. His skills don't translate to being a CEO somewhere, to being a fucking line worker, an engineer, a biochemist. His skills are specifically, his skill set is specifically football. And he chose to take a stand that pissed off a good percentage of 32 possible employers. And he's asking for more money than I feel he's worth. And he's asking for a guaranteed starting position, which he ain't, he damn sure ain't worth. And this is not to get off on Colin Kaepernick. This is just an example of players pricing themselves and letting their ego dictate to them to the point where they 
basically fucked themselves out of starting jobs and positions on teams. I, I, happens all the time in sports, man. All the time, you know? And yeah, Chris, 2013, that's a while ago. In football years, it's a long time ago, all right? He hasn't done shit since then. So, I mean, you could argue Harbaugh is the key to that guy's success. You didn't know who he was before Jim Harbaugh, and after Harbaugh, he ain't been shit. So apparently Harbaugh was able to find that magic, that that lightning in a bottle with that guy. But since then, you know, good fucking luck. I mean, how many times have we seen a one-year wonder in the NFL come out, have an amazing season, get paid based on that season, and then never fucking perform half as well as he did for that one shining season of his career? Happens all the time. I mean, case in point. Who was the who was who was the Super Bowl MVP the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl? Was it Warren Sapp or Rich nope. Gannon? Nope, no Gannon was on. Uh, no, oh, was yeah, he's on the Raiders. Yeah, Super Bowl MVP. No, John Green. Wasn't Dilfer? Tell, tell me it wasn't Dilfer. It wasn't Dilfer? That that Super Bowl was during my lost years. Wait, but do you see what I'm, I'm saying? Still putting those years together. That team had that team had. Uh, uh, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, uh, Derek Brooks. I mean, it's it, 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 team was packed. Rondé Barber team was packed with possible, you know, MVP candidates in the Super Bowl on defense. Dexter Jackson won Super Bowl MVP. Oh wow, yeah, I remember that. And then signed a big contract and went on to do not a goddamn thing after that. Happens I'll all the you, time. I'll give you one better. I just looked it up. Russell Wilson. Remember? The only, thing I would, the only thing I'd say about Russell Wilson is that he's still young enough to where there's an upside to him, possibly. What about Russell Wilson? Do you know what his contract is? No. He, he signed a four-year, $87.6 million contract. All and right. he also has a Super Bowl win and another in a Super Bowl appearance under yeah, his he's belt. Been- yeah, he's been to the Super Bowl twice. He's won one of them, and he's been to the playoffs damn near every le- year he's been in the season. Right. That ain't Ka- that ain't Colin Kaepernick. Well, Colin Joe Kaepernick Flacco. went to the Super Bowl and was one play away from repeating it. So okay. I mean, it's close. And if Colin Kaepernick had pulled a Joe Flacco and won that Super Bowl, he'd have gotten a big fat contract. And if he'd have continued to play like he's played since that Super Bowl, with the only difference being that he won that Super Bowl he played in. He would not ever get another fat contract like that. Well, we also and have how, to remember. And how are they close? That. Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson's been to the playoffs every year of his pro career. Russell Colin Wilson's Kaepernick's had been, receivers to throw to. So Colin Kaepernick to throw to. Colin Kaepernick hasn't. Okay, but then Earl, the, the fact is, is that he's asking if he's not going to get Russell Wilson type money. He's not going to get Matt Stafford type money. All right, he's just not. And for him to go in there and say he wants almost three times the NFL average plus a guaranteed starting position. You ain't worth that. Yeah, dude. You can't do that. He's it, why his why his fucking agent is not going, uh, why don't you sit down and shut up and let me negotiate? Tell me what you <laughs> the least is tell me what the least you're willing to take, and I'll go in and negotiate for you because you need to stop talking to the media because you're making yourself look like an asshole here. <laughs> Instead, his agent's more like, hey, man, pass that pipe. Sure, I'll back you up on this. Yeah, well, we're about to have the draft, and you don't have a contract yet. So what's that tell you, buddy? 
Yeah, and <laughs> there's going to be an influx of quarterbacks for backup positions. So the the window for him to get on a team before injuries start, and they have to start signing players to to fill holes in their roster is shrinking. And yeah, would, I mean we've seen this happen before. I.e., Colin, uh, not Colin, uh, Culpepper, Dante Culpepper. Yeah, that fool. Oh, dude, definitely. And I think we said this. We said this. I think that the week that the week that he opted out of the rest of his contract with San Francisco, there's a very good chance that you know get two, three, se- two, three, two, three seasons, two, three weeks into the preseason, a couple starters go down. They got a couple shaky, ba- you know, and and teams have shaky backups. Yeah, they might sign them and let them compete for a starting job. How you doing, I, Bradford? <laughs> I would say the chances go up. A whole lot at that point, because at least at that point, his value is if you have an unproven backup and you bring in a veteran backup who at one point did do it and you and you set them to compete against each other, his value is hopefully he brings out the best in that other quarterback or he regains his glory days in that season. Then there's an upside to him. Now what's the point of signing him as a starter? No one's that desperate. Any team that's that desperate for a quarterback has a high enough draft pick where they can draft a quarterback for the future if they really want to. Yeah, the fact that the Cleveland Browns aren't blowing your phone up should be an indicator to you. Cleveland Browns are full-on set on freaking quarterbacks right now. I would say... That's what we're saying. I'm... I don't know. Yeah. all the rumblings I hear is that it's not even set in stone if the Browns are going to even fucking pick a quarterback with their first pick. You know, so they can't be that set in what they want if they're still debating whether to take a quarterback with their first overall pick. They got like four, don't they? It doesn't mean shit. They can cut them any time during the fucking offseason. These ain't guaranteed salaries that all those guys are making. That's what I was getting at with Glennon. With the Bears signing Glennon with the, to the contract and the, and, the, and the conditions they signed him under, all they have to do is let him play one season, and then he can walk, and they don't owe him anything. And they don't have to worry about cutting him or anything at the end of that season because he doesn't have a contract. If you're a quarterback and you're given a one-year contract, you're basically given a try. It's a, it's a one-year tryout right there. That means they have no faith in you beyond that one year. That's like if you're a, if you're a coach and you're, you're, you're entering the last year of your contract and they haven't even sat down at the negotiation table with you. That should tell you something right there. That team does not have the utmost confidence in your ability to coach that team to a championship. Because if they did, they'd have already extended you. So that's the upside I see with Mike Glennon. Uh, I just, oh, if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, uh, I, I'm keeping a cyanide pill in my cheek. It's just, I, I, I just want to know what they're doing. I, I'm a... I'm a fan of a team competes against you in your division, and I feel bad for you. This, yeah, this ain't this ain't exactly the Ditka years in Chicago. I would say that being the farthest thing from a fucking homer for the Lions, because they're not even the team I root for. I would say that probably this coming up season, if Minnesota is a fucking clusterfuck. And the dumpster fire continues in Chicago. This is their season to try to do something in that division. So we still have to play Green Bay. I I understand that, but that's two games out of the year. All right. If if Chicago is as bad as they look to be, 
and it's going to be a fucking Chinese fire drill in fucking uh, Minnesota, then if they don't walk away at least three and one from those two playing those two teams twice each, there's an issue here, like a serious one. And I think the, I think the Lions have they should, but they're the Lions, so who knows? They should have the confidence to believe in themselves enough to think that they can beat Green Bay at home and and possibly give them a run for their money on the on the road. And this is the first offseason in like the last five years where don't hate the moves they made. But draft's coming up, so <laughs> that story's still being written. Oh, we're going to hate it. I'll guarantee you we're going to hate their draft. Well, I mean, that's the way just – like, just like the NHL is trying to forcibly create parity in their league, and they've done so by watering the league down instead of instead of letting the cream rise to the top and then pairing the league, like getting rid of teams, getting rid of fringe players. They basically just watered everything down to where, you know, you spend this much and you roll your dice and you might have a shot at the playoffs. The NFL has done an excellent job of, for the most part, making it so it's almost impossible for front offices and coaches to build a team without a weakness. And I, the one the one example that stands in contrast to that is New England. I mean, New England just doesn't seem like they have that glaring weakness year in, year out. You know, other teams in the NFL do. You can have strong receivers, strong quarterback, strong offensive line, and you got a, you got a shitty secondary on your defense. Or you got a questionable linebacking core. Or your defensive line can't get the penetration that they should. That's the way they've they've... They've structured the game for it to be this way, to where, to where everybody should have a weakness you should be able to exploit if you're smart enough to do it. So, you know, the, the, the Lions aren't going to draft and fill all their holes with the draft. No team is really going to do that. I, I mean, once again, I, New England. I mean, there you go. It's a, it's a culture there, man. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I just think since, since Belichick's been there, it's 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 a culture, and they'll 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 be you watch as soon as Belichick goes away, shit falls apart. Well, I would even I would even argue that Pittsburgh kind of has that attitude too, because Pittsburgh, the Steelers have an attitude of if you're not at your peak, then you better have an upside to you, because if you've peaked already, we don't really need you. You know, it's interesting we'll take, you bring up. We'll Pittsburgh. take the chance of letting you go someplace else, because. I'm going to refute my own statement here that I just made about New England. Unless New England replaces Belichick with somebody that Belichick mentored, that Belichick built. Because if you look what happened in Pittsburgh, Tomlin, Cower, Cower built Tomlin. Cower mentored mm-hmm. Tom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kept right on. It's, it's just the black coach Cower, quite honestly, as far as mentality goes. So, you know, if it, hopefully Bill's been building himself a little mini Bill. You know, because he, he's got to be looking at the calendar. You know, guys, what, early 60s? It, or He's got to be close to retirement. I think we've looked his age up before. You know, so I'd, and the way we've seen Belichick operate, you know he, he he's not leaving. Uh, he, I can see, let me rephrase this. You know this is a situation where you can't say he's probably not been proactive. I mean, proactive is that guy's fucking middle name. No, and and I think he's intelligent enough, without a, without even any doubt there, to understand that 
if he doesn't set up, on his end at least, a successor, now if, now if New England chooses to ignore that and go a different direction, there's nothing he can do. But if he goes out of his way to set up a successor, there's a better chance they're going to continue to succeed. Because look at teams who aimlessly hop from coach to coach that have nothing to do with a coaching tree from one to the next. I mean, you can look at the Lions and see that. You know, look at Tampa. How many coaches have they been through since, since Gruden left? And to be honest with you, Gruden should have probably been out of there way before he was given the fucking the boot. I mean, he had a five-year period where he didn't, he didn't do shit after winning the Super Bowl. He never won a playoff game or anything. He was coasting on that Super Bowl, you know? But then his replacement, replacement after that, et cetera, et cetera. None of these guys were in the system. None of those guys came up in a culture of winning. They all come from different teams, and they come and they bring their own idea of how a team should be run. And if the players don't buy into it, then you get what you have. Well, let's just be honest. In a lot of teams, America's team, look at the Cowboys. Look at the Cowboys since the mid-90s. Just they're a 500 team, man. I mean, Earl, you've harped on it before, and I've seen it in other people. Uh, other people have brought it up online in articles, on, on sports shows, talk radio, everything. Why the fuck are we sitting here talking such big shit about Tony Romo? What did he really do? And the only response that he was has He was the quarterback for America's team. That's it. Now, the only response anyone can, can give statistically in his favor is that he holds most of the passing records and quarterback records for the fucking Dallas Cowboys. But is that about him being that good of a quarterback, or is that about him just being basically gifted that starting position for as many years as he had it? I have heard I'm, the I'm phrase the Hall of Fame mentioned with Tony Romo. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? For what? Being average? Holding your team's records? That ain't Hall of Fame shit. That's maybe Ring of Honor at fucking at the Jerry Dome. That ain't Hall of Fame shit. I'm even her first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't I don't see that. I mean, I just don't. And I mean I think we I think we played the what if game a few weeks ago, maybe even like a month and a half ago, before it was official that Romo was uh was pretty much done. And we said, you know, what would happen if Matt Stafford had been playing for Dallas like they like like for the same amount of time as Romo did? Would they be talking about him in the same light? I would say, yeah. And a lot of the reason would be why, because he's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. It's a high profile position. You're quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That comes with a lot of spotlight on you. And I mean Romo, look at his record. His, his, he is what his record says he is. He's a 500 quarterback who showed flashes of brilliance and absolutely fucked up at the worst possible time, sometimes within the same game. So <laughs> Hall of Fame, first ballot? No, no. Not Hall of Fame at all. You got to win something. Not even close. Yeah, they said maybe the Hall of Fame at the Jerry Dome, but NFL Hall of Fame? Get the fuck out of here. If he's a Hall of Famer, not necessarily first ballot, but let's just say he's a Hall of Famer, then I, I, I have to say you have to put in Megatron, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, Roethlisberger, first ballot Hall of Famer. You can't even if, – if, if, if you're using Tony, Tony Romo as your measuring stick of whether you're worthy to be in the Hall of Fame, these guys should go first, second ballot Hall of Fame. Is Barry in the Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, I've heard people over his career, <clears throat> over Roethlisberger's career, say that they don't think he's a Hall of Fame player. 
Uh, you've got a couple Super Bowls I'll disagree with you. And I'm on your side. And when I say that, they go, so what? Where's Brad Johnson's Hall of Fame jacket? Where's Where's Trent Dilfer's Hall of Fame jacket? You know, they won uh, Super Bowls. Trent Dilfer was a cog in a machine. You never saw Trent Dilfer put the fucking Ravens on his back. You've seen Roethlisberger put the fucking... At case in point, what was it, last season? He didn't have... Uh, there was a there was a time where he didn't have Bell, he didn't have Brown, and he didn't have uh, what's his nuts who was suspended the whole season this year, Martavis Murray. There was a time last season where Roethlisberger had pretty much all backups. Fuck, got the job done. They made the playoffs, didn't they? You know, you're not seeing that out of Trent Dilfer. You're not seeing that out of Brad Johnson. Damn sure ain't seeing that out of Romo. Well, not anymore. And I'm right there with you. I think you have to be a huge either Tony Romo fan or you got to be a huge fucking homer for Dallas Cowboys to think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I'd even go so far as if, if he makes the Hall of Fame and Jason Hansen never does, that that's some bullshit. Because you can look at Jason Hansen and say, well, he, never, he, go, well, he played for the Lions. He never won anything. That's right. He played for the Lions. He's also one of the best kickers in the fucking history of the NFL. <laughs> There's some games where he was our entire offense. Exactly. Well, what about T.O.? There's a huge thing about him not being in the Hall of Fame. And that's absolute bullshit, because when we reviewed his stats, he's right there, fucking him and Jerry Rice right there, neck and neck. Yeah, I remember that, because I got called out, and I was right to be called out when I saw the stats. Like, oh, shit, he's number two all time? Yeah, maybe he should be in. And the only reason he's not is because of his attitude with reporters. And, I mean, once again, was he a dick to reporters? Yes, he could be. But if we're just looking at Hall of Fame and you were supposed to be in there based on your stats, his stats are more than good enough to be in there. It's where he should be right now as we're talking. So, I mean, maybe that'll end up being a factor in in Romo if he does make the Hall of Fame. Maybe because he was perceived as a nice guy and he was good with the press and et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that's... Maybe that's that little extra whatever that oomph that he would need to, to, to make it over the hump. I don't know. To me, I, I never saw anything out of Tony Romo that made that screamed to me Hall of Fame football player. No, God, no. Average at best. Like, he was always just on that list of people where I'm like, what is the big deal? You watch this guy play, he is average McQuarterback. And his stats showed it. He's 500 quarterback. Right, and you have somebody like Des Bryant, minus all of his bitching and shit, you can't get him the ball? Des Bryant's got other issues, man. A hundred different issues, but the yeah. you know the point is he can catch a ball. Eh, last eh, last couple seasons, I don't know. And then two didn't. I'm, uh, I'm didn't just, okay, look at it this way: you, you had To that has issues, but McNabb could still get him the ball. Mm-hmm. You, you had Randy Moss have issues, but Brady could still get him the ball. You're so, talking I mean, about like top ten. All-time receivers. That's Brian ain't one of those. Not yet. Well, not even close, but that's what I'm trying to tell you is he had Romo throwing to him and couldn't get him the ball. Yeah, but the, the two guys you named are exceptional talents if you look at the list. Like, that's the thing is, Des Bryant, remember the, the season where uh, Megatron was breaking the record and Des Bryant was talking about him just as good as Calvin Johnson? Yeah, the numbers say you're not. 
Yeah, but you also had a quarterback here that would just throw it up to him and could actually throw it as far as he could run versus Romo, who can't get him the ball. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Maybe Des Bryant is a good enough or, you know, one of the top premier receivers, but you'll never know it because he had Romo throwing him the damn ball. What's your excuse for last season then? Romo didn't throw him any balls. Right, and then they got into the playoffs. Uh, one because of Bryant, sir. It's because of Prescott and Elliott. Nah. Bryant has had his best season probably in three <laughs> years last season, and that's because he was fucking healthy. Such a sad way to watch that game, the way their season ended. I was cracking up. No, nah, man. I saw that come a mile away. There's yeah, youth. No, that's youth stop getting scared. it. It's youth getting scared. No. Experience one. You did not see that catch coming a yes, mile I did. away. No, no you not did the catch, not. but I not the catch. I'm telling you, I saw the game coming a mile. I saw the young guys getting spooked. I can go back and find it and play it for you. Yeah, he you you did you did call uh Atlanta to win that game. Huh? I'm just saying next year Dallas goes farther in the playoffs. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about we're talking about when Dallas got bounced out of the playoffs, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he called that. They said I didn't call the catch, Earl. I called the I called the young guys getting shown up by the guys who had been there before. No, 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 no. I'm saying though, I thought Green Bay bounced them. What did they? What did I? What did I say? Atlanta. Atlanta. Then? No, then I, yeah, I'm sorry. I just got I misspoke. My bad. Yeah, because there was a catch at the end of that fucking game made by Cobb thrown by Rogers that I don't think anybody saw coming. It was insane. That was a failure in defense, my friend. That wasn't Zeke and Dak bowing to the pressure at all. Because, matter of fact, he answered the pressure and went down and scored to tie the game up. Just Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, hell no, I am not going to overtime against these guys. And came up with just a what the fuck is on the throw. And Cobb was like, I got your back. How that catch was made is anybody's guess. It was sick. It had to be the top play of the season. Veterans. That's how the catch was made. <laughs> Rodgers and sick. Cobb have been to the playoffs before. People nowadays do not count enough for experience. I mean, being there, being there before counts for a lot more than people think. You know how to process those feelings. You know how to keep your head in the game. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on all, all that. I just, it was a, a what... It was a f- massive failure on Dallas's defense. I'm just saying, man, I bet you they go farther this year. Now that Dak and Zeke know what it's like to fucking lose, know how much that hurts, you're probably going to see a different Dallas team in the playoffs this year. I'm with you, but I can't I can't get with you on I'm putting it on Dak and Zeke. That that was a c- colossal failure on their defense. I mean, shit, look at the Broncos. They got fucking embarrassed. In the regular season. (laughs) Well, no, this year, but I'm saying when they played Seattle. I mean, I I remember going into that game. It was like last year's election. Everyone was just handing the Broncos the Super Bowl trophy. You know, it was a foregone conclusion. The Broncos were going to fucking win that game. Yeah, Seattle fucking spanked them. All right? Yeah. Guess who didn't get fucking spanked the next time they got back to the Super Bowl? 
last what, two years ago, when everybody pretty much coronating Carolina because of the season, the regular season they had, and I called that shit too. I was I picked Denver in the Super Bowl. Everyone's like, "Why are you picking Denver?" I was like, "Peyton Manning's been to the Super Bowl before, and he's lost before. He's also won before." Sure enough, experience won out. Absolutely, because and you can look at the fumble that uh, Cam had to see that. Cam just sat there and looked at it like, "I can't believe I just fumbled the ball." Hey, how about picking it up, Cam? No, I just yeah. going to sit here and think about it. Did I really fumble the ball? <laughs> Meanwhile, we're recovered by fucking Denver. Like, yeah, pick, oh, up the, pick up the pick ball. Pick up the ball and, and fucking ruminate over your mistake in the locker room. Well, shit. <laughs> this show kind of went in a hundred different directions. Do we got, we got anything else we want to hit before we sign off? Uh, I mean, I know it's extremely, extremely early in the, uh, baseball season, but I, I, I just have to say I'm kind of shocked by the start the Blue Jays have had one and six so far. I mean, that's, Oh yeah. Didn't, didn't think that was going to happen. You know, Braves, they're one and six themselves. (laughs) I'm sorry. What'd you say? He said they're pacing themselves. themselves. (laughs) They better be careful. You know, there's an old saying, you can't win a pennant in April, but you damn sure can lose one. Uh, I mean, you know, the Braves going one and six. I didn't expect a whole lot out of the Braves. I mean, Christ, they signed Justin Howard for fuck's sake. I mean, you know, I think the Braves have, they understand they're in the the process of, of trying to rebuild to where they were, which is perennial, you know, a perennial playoff team, and that's just going to. If that's their goal, that that's not a goal that is easily attainable. I mean, especially in baseball. But you know, those are those are two pretty big shocks. I mean, everything else is is playing out pretty much. You know, for the you know being only a week. Oh, I forgot that number forty four. The show forty four is uh. Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. All right, there you go. But uh, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you, I'm surprised at the Tigers start. I mean, it's, granted, it's a week old, and they're tied for first, but still, I mean, comp- all of the non-moves we made in the offseason, I'd still, have a, it's, I'm sure we've already, well, I sent you guys the, the meme, too, that the free press put. The, the, the bullpen, not filling me with a lot of confidence a weekend. You know, and that's become that's become a, a bit here in Detroit. But just like any stereotype, there's there's you know more than a grain of truth to it. Because even I think it was today, watching uh, uh, Awesomeness give an interview in the clubhouse, he was one of the reporters that said something about the uh, the bullpen, and he goes, "Well, you know, anytime you're a closer, you come in. Of course, there's pressure on you." You know, blah, blah, blah. That's the nature of the role. But you guys go ahead and press the panic button for the rest for all the fans because that's what you do best. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Took, took a nice shot at the at the Detroit sports media. But Saucy Osmus. Well, well, I mean, dude, let's be honest. What the fuck have you had to jump up and down about this bullpen since... I, I, I don't even know. I mean, even, even the World Series runs they, they made... In 2006 and 2012, 
that was not like a, we didn't have, you know, a lights out closer who came out and we were like, okay, that's it, game over. No, we had fucking Valverde who was just a coin flip every time he came out. And Todd which, Jones, the roller coaster. It, yeah. Those were our two closers when we went to the World Series. You know, when the Royals went to the World Series two years in a row, they had two setup guys and a closer that basically shortened the game to six innings. It was almost a guarantee. If you did not get your your lead in the first six innings, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys were going to come in for the Royals and shut you to fuck down. That, look at the Cubs last year with Chapman. Well, that's that's the way bullpens are, are built these days. That's why they're, they're built that way. You want your starter to go, you know, six, maybe six and a half innings. You have two setup guys in case you got to get through two innings. You have your left-handed specialist in case you get in a jam and you want to get that lefty on lefty on lefty matchup, and you bring in your closer for the ninth inning. I mean, that's the way the game's set up. That's what these teams are building themselves to do. What the fuck is Detroit doing? First of all, can we just give up? Can we just admit that the Bruce Rondon experiment has not worked here in Detroit? Yeah, I know. Um, I'm with you there. I mean, they just sent the guy back down, I believe. You know, it's like, come on, dude. All right, we've, we've given him every fucking chance. And I, I don't, I don't, I just don't see where we need to keep trying with him. And you know, I, people are going to go, "Oh, well, it's early in the season. It's early in the season." Okay, but look, man, he knows he's on a short leash. He has to fucking produce. I don't think he's going out there not producing on purpose. So you know what that means? He's incapable of it. No hard feelings. This is a results-oriented business. You just don't pack the gear to serve on my beloved core. Get the fuck off the team. Let's let's give his spot to somebody who who has a chance at actually bringing something to the table. You know who's gonna. You know what the one word answer for most homers is gonna be about Rondone. What about Porcello? Because I mean, I, trust me, I was in the the club of like, how many seasons does this guy need? And then we ship him off, and then you know he's uh, winning or contending for Cy Youngs in Boston. But you're, you're gonna get. You're going to get those people who are going to bring up his name. Well, I mean, that's why you have to look at him and go, okay, look, is it working here? If the answer is no, it's not working here in Detroit for him, then you have to cut him. You can't hold on to him and keep paying him because you're afraid that he's going to go someplace else and succeed. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's a, it's shooting yourself in the foot as far as trying to build a team because it's taking up a roster spot because you're afraid of what he might do if he's not on your team. Yet he, every time you bring him up, he doesn't, he doesn't do what he needs to do for your team. All right, It sucked to see Porcello go, but he wasn't doing that here. And people can argue all they want. Well, we didn't give him enough time. How, much, how many fucking seasons does he need? He gave him like what, forget- six seasons? Yeah, people forget that he pitched game 163 in 2009 and did a hell of a job for a fucking rookie in that game. But that means he played 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Played seven seasons or six seasons. Yeah, six seasons for the Tigers. How much How much more of a fucking of a rope were you going to give this guy? You know, and on top of that, it's not necessarily... I hate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm talking shit about his pitching, but I'm not. It's not necessarily Porcello's pitching that's winning him them games out in, in Boston. Case in point, look at Verlander's starts here in Detroit so far this yes, season. I was, say, I was going to bring up the exact same thing. Ask Justin Verlander about run support. Exactly. You know, when we had Max Scherzer on the fucking rotation, you know, Scherzer would get, you know, six, seven runs 
per game run support, whereas Verlander would be lucky to get two. And Verlander would pitch deeper into the game because they were afraid to take him out because it was such a close game. If they put a reliever in there and he blew it, in the span of, you know, two, three at-bats, the game could be tied or they could be losing the game. I mean, so it's... And that's, you know, that's a whole different argument. That's where the sabermetrics people come in and say wins is an overrated stat. You have to look at other things because you can have a quality start, leave a game, and the game get blown, and you end up, you know, and you leave the game in a position to win, and the pitcher behind you blow the game and takes your win away from you. And, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a huge sabermetrics guy, so I'm not going to argue, you know, the validity of that stat or not. But I mean, that, that is that is a fact. It does happen in the, the sport of baseball. Uh, so, don't want to interrupt you guys on this. But before we go, I do want to talk about one thing. Sergio Garcia won the Masters. Woohoo! Congratulations. Big upset because Jordan. Spieth Did you just interrupt baseball 11th. talk to bring up golf? Yeah, but it's for a good reason. I'm gonna start issuing demerits. Yeah, that would be the first one. You're gonna <laughs> like this. And Phil Mickelson all the way down at 22nd. Now, the reason I bring up golf is because there was a golf tournament where a woman lost because she got a three-stroke penalty. Now, normally this isn't a big thing that I would ever talk about. However, she got the penalty because a spectator called in, reported that she misspotted her ball, and the judges then took a three-stroke penalty against this woman, and she ended up losing the tournament. Why is that a big deal? Well, what? Now we're going to be able to call in and, and, you know, say all the calls that the refs are missing? You are the only person I've heard bring up this story. Well, I've not seen it in ESPN. I've not seen it in AP. It, it only fascinates me because it was a spectator that was watching at home that called in and got her penalized and she lost because of that person. So if we start doing that, then if you're playing NBA you could say there was a foul there. Uh, his foot was on the line. That's not actually a three-point play. Dude, it's women's golf. Who cares? Exactly they- my point. I, I don't care that it was women's golf and she lost the tournament. I don't even remember the woman's name. That being said, what I cared about was the fact that the spectator could call in, report the infraction, and cost the woman the, the tournament. And if we start doing that, then you know, spectators are going to be like, no, 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 that wasn't a strike. That was a ball. No, 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 That was pass interference. No, 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 no. He was offsides. How do you allow a, a, a person who's sitting at home, a spectator, to call in and change the course of a tournament? That's my question to you guys. How does that happen? Because Are obviously you- whoever makes – whoever is the ultimate authority on what, what, what rules – are called and, and are not isn't fucking putting up putting up a hard line stance on it. They obviously they don't have they don't have confidence in their own fucking umpiring or refing. If they're going to allow a phone call from a fucking civilian sitting at home watching the game to change the outcome of a fucking tournament, it's what else is there? I mean, if they were if they were confident in what the how the game was called. They would have said, yeah, thanks for calling, Click. I mean, here's the thing. I, I haven't seen an – I'm with Chris. I haven't seen an article or anything. I've heard you bring this up. But I'm going to go forward under the presumption that this, this did happen. All right? It's a dangerous precedent to set. But ultimately, I hate to say it once again, 
It's women's fucking golf. I mean, if that was to happen in a in a in a in a PGA major or something like that, that that would be a fucking issue. It was a PGA major. I just sent it to you guys. It was an LPGA. It was a woman's ladies professional golf. Yes, once again, we're back to fucking women's sports. <laughs> I mean, I sorry. I don't know <laughs> don't know what else to say, man. I mean, to me, it seems like they should have fucking told that person, thank you for your concern, and then hung up on them. There's always going to be blown calls in sports. Always. I totally agree. You know, there's a lot going on in every sport, and they're not going to catch everything. That's ba- that's Monopoly. Bank air in your favor. You collect $75 or whatever. You know, that's just one of those, oops, thank God they didn't see that. Happens in every sport. I, I am dumbfounded by the fact that they allowed a spectator to call in and and get this woman penalized for shots and and she's lost. That just sucks. Well, I, I can I say this doesn't exactly make a, a good case for why we should take female or, or women's sports seriously. I mean, dude, even in little league. The fucking helicopter parents that scream and yell and curse out refs don't get the calls changed. So you have a professional women's league that a, a spectator who's watching at home can call and change the outcome of a game based on that phone call. You're not exactly instilling confidence in your fan base that you're doing a good job with you, with that game. Let's put it that way. This ain't American Idol. It's not, okay, was that a touchdown or not? Call in and vote. Seacrest out. You know, it, no. Well, too, Earl, in the same article you sent us, it says that golf's the only sport where that's allowed. No other sport allows outside interference and determination of its outcomes. Now, I'll say this. I've never heard of that happening in men's golf. Apparently, it happened last year to Dustin Johnson at the 2016 U.S. Open. And it does said that he overcame his undue assessment of strokes, and he won. So... (laughs) Could the short answer be, hey, she should have golfed better. You should have made them strokes up. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's asinine it, it, to let your fans point out inconsistencies in how the game's being called, but whatever. It, just once again, another reason I don't watch, you know, golf, because that's just, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Earl, you really think the NFL is going to start fielding phone calls? Come on. Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, shit. If it boosts the ratings, they're going to do it, God damn it! <laughs> I mean, shit. Look I'll, at, I'll look watch at, every game. I have six, seven different TVs with six, seven games. Phone just in my hand waiting. <laughs> I, but, too, it doesn't change anything, even when they admit they're wrong. That change, in case we talk about Tigers, case in point. Remember uh, Annabelle Sanchez and Jim Joyce, right? Guy even came out and said, after the game, I blew the call. Didn't change the outcome of the game. Didn't you, you didn't get credit for a no-hitter? I mean, no, so what, what it did do is it put them both in the Hall of Fame. Because there's, there's, if you go to Cooperstown, there's an exhibit dedicated to that game and that call specifically. To whereas he'd have just been another footnote in a list of perfect games if that call hadn't happened. It wouldn't be its own exhibit. So, And, and so that's probably the only way this story becomes relevant is if this ends up... Uh, you know, and in, in, uh, enacting some rule changes in golf. But otherwise, Earl, no, no offense, I just filed this under so what? 
a lady golfer at a tournament no one was watching got a four-stroke penalty or six-stroke penalty. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, if they do it in men's golf, I think it's just as stupid if the, if the, as when I thought they were, this was like something that was unique to women's golf. That's fucking stupid. All right, you're a spectator. You're not a fucking, you're not trained, you're not paid to be there to make a call. Just do what the rest of us do when, when they blow a call. Bitch and complain and move on with your life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, well, the story I, I does say it. that, you know, it was, to be fair, that story, you know, it's not the, story's not giving you the impression that somebody called in and, you know, that was it. You know, somebody emailed in and then they, you know, they went back in the replay and they investigated and found that person was right. It wasn't like they took their word for it. I do think we need to clarify that. Well, I mean, I guess you can't do that in the other sports because they have instant replay. Even fucking baseball has instant replay now. So what good would any anybody calling in and saying, hey, you blew that call, do? Because the managers are going to see that they blew the call, get an instant replay, and be proved either right or wrong. And hey, you know, it's Trump's America now, too. We just go, no, you didn't. Hang up the phone. <laughs> Alternative facts. <laughs> well, I think, it, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue in baseball until they go to whether it's a computer making the calls or they actually enforce umpires having to review their missed balls and strikes and and, and in, have some sort of punishment if they don't review it. Because as of right now, according to the two stories I saw, one on E60, one on uh, Real Sports, after the game... Someone from from MLB has a fucking a DVD of all the missed calls that the umps did. They hand it to them, and they basically it's on the honor system that they watch it. And the umps that were that were polled, the umpiring umpiring crews that were polled said, like something like sixty percent of the time they don't even watch it. They just throw it aside and go, okay, whatever. So until baseball decides to start getting calls right a hundred percent of the time, or if they're going to leave room for human error, minimize it as much as possible under the threat of if you can't fucking tell a ball from a strike, then you get your ass out from behind the fucking plate. I don't really think I don't really think it's going to be that big of an issue. I mean, close pay, plays are close plays. You have replay on that. Home runs, you got replay on that. They're looking for ways to speed up the game. They took out the you know the, the four pitch intentional walk. You know, World Baseball Classic. They you know they start an extra inning with a runner on second. I mean, they're trying new and different things. And it seems to me that the, the simplest way to speed up the game is to actually have accurate calls of balls and strikes at the plate. But it's the last thing they're going to touch. Just have a so. machine sitting behind them. <laughs> Ball. Strike. Well, I mean, Ball. I don't, as fucked up as that sounds, you don't have to go that far unless you try to implement something where you have like a, like a, like a strike track and he has real-time response, real-time feedback on his calls, and those umpires are held to that standard, and if they don't improve over time, then they get bounced out for umpires that can improve. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know the specifics behind that. I'm sure there's an umpire's union that would shit bricks and fight that tooth and nail, and then there'd be a strike and blah, 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 and all this shit. But, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. But my whole point behind bringing all that up is, damn it, I want it in the other sports because I will seriously sit here and just start... <laughs> six seven tvs 
I told you, if if this is if this is the future of sports, I'm gonna get a NHL head office in Toronto on my speed dial, man. <laughs> and every time I see, every time Crosby I see Rock, that guy. Yeah, every time I see out. Crosby take a cheap shot and get away with it, I'm gonna be snitching on his ass. <laughs> Call me Henry Hill, baby. I'm gonna roll over on everybody. <laughs> I think I think that's a good note to go out on. Man, another another three hour show. Yeah, sometimes I say some weeks it's a struggle to fill up the show. This week, not one of those weeks. And just want to thank everybody who's listened, who's downloaded. I see the numbers. The Twitter account becoming more active as well. People retweeting the show, liking it. So, fuck yeah, just. A thank you to everybody who's, you know, Rich and I started this a year ago. We brought in the Iceman, and yeah, uh, every month seems to be better than the last. So we're on iTunes. You go to ChristopherMedia.net. You download it there. You just go to ChristopherMedia.net. You can play the show there. You can subscribe on Android or, uh, I was going to call it Apple, iTunes there. Uh, you can get all of the shows, whereas our feed has a limited number. Although right now we're we're not near the limit, but eventually we'll get there. Um, yeah, you can email the show sporgy at christophermedia.net. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. We will. Uh, let's see next week what. Uh, oh, NBA playoffs get underway next week. Their last night is tomorrow. Uh, well, yesterday, if you're listening to this on the day it's posted. So, yeah, well, those who get into, you know, we'll, we'll be starting to get into May in baseball or what's after May, the June swoon. But, yeah, hockey playoffs will be in full effect. And, yeah, it's one of those times of year where it's great to be a sports fan. Oh, the NFL draft's coming up, everything. So, on that note, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.